Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World Late Night. It is Wednesday, November 12th. Happy birthday, Peter. Ah, thank you much. <laughs> 2014. How's it going, man? It's going. Yeah, it's going, it's going, it's going. Well, you're older. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But uh, hey, uh, let's see. Uh, okay, I, got, I guess we got to go. Levels, levels, levels. I had one of those odd, uh, do I need to bump something? Yeah, bump me up as high as you, as higher if you can. Uh, there you go. Thanks. There. All right, that'll, that'll uh, work. I had one of those odd moments. It seems to happen to me, like, when people ask, like, when's your birthday? And they almost always, like, I don't get asked that often, but when I do, it almost seems to always be actually on my birthday. <laughs> a number of times, and I had that happen today. And I had some, one of the teachers, past teachers, my daughter, and she says, because oh, my daughter's so tall, she says, oh, she's so big. She's almost <laughs> tall as me, which is true, the, the teacher said. And uh, she said, it makes me feel old. <laughs> she said, do you feel old? When's your birthday? <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. I said, well, funny you should say that. Today's my birthday. Today. <laughs> and I do feel a little old today. And um, so then we had a whole conversation about that. So it was, uh, it was uh, the... Yeah, off the air, I'll tell you. It's, uh, <laughs> it, anyway, it was an odd, odd deal. An odd deal. Is, uh, and uh, so, yeah, I do feel a little older today. Oh, good. <laughs> That's not good. More mature. More mature. No, I don't feel more mature. I definitely feel older. Big, big night. Yeah, big night tonight. We have uh, we have uh, Chris Federoff and Matt Godecker. They are our guests tonight, and we'll be talking to them about uh, their film projects and things they got going on. And of course, Anthony Davis will be calling in later. We're talking to AD and uh, T Bone's Time Out and all the other good stuff, Brewski's Beer Tasting. And uh, just a fun night, as always. And uh, yeah, man, you've been busy other than the, uh, the whole birthday celebration thing? Uh, yeah, you know, still trying to get settled. Settled and, and just all the normal life stuff. Yeah. Soccer games and, and concerts and all that. So, been busy. Uh, yeah, just been busy. 
You sound exhausted, brother. Uh, last week I was exhausted. This week I'm tired. <laughs> things, are, things are looking up. Yeah. Slow but sure. All good, man. All good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, let's get things rolling here. We'll uh, take our first break, come back and introduce our guests, and uh, find out what's going on. How's that sound for you, man? Sounds good. This one here is J.D. Nash, One Life, One Chance, who's our guest last week. You want to hear the... Hear that show. It's in the archives as well as uh, Bob Case. And that was uh, both of them were on last week. So, uh, One Life, One Chance. Take a quick break. Come back after this. One, two, one, two, three, four.
So I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But it's kind of cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the (laughs) ShelterPetProject.org. Hey, over here, behind the fence. Huh? You? The bike? Yeah, the bike. Here in the grass where the kids left me a while ago. Could you get the dust off my seat and remind the kids how fun I still am? Okay. Oh, you are dusty. I may need my spokes tightened, too. Let's go. As Native American parents and caregivers, our encouragement to healthy lifestyles for our kids is helping them get outside and play. Get ideas. Get involved. Get going at letsmove.gov slash Indian Country. Brought to you by USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is Sean Paul on the Wall, and you're listening to Swirl. And welcome back to Swirl on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're happy to introduce our guests, Chris Federoff and Matt Godecker, and uh, they're filmmakers and uh, do all kinds of good stuff, huh? So uh, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we like, we like to get to, get to know them and find out what's going on. I know they have a web series and whatnot. So, uh, Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how you got started in this business. Well, I, I think I've always been doing this. Uh, about the age of, is that, is that better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that too close? Right in there. Is that too close? Is that too loud? <laughs> <laughs> That's too much. That's too much of me. Uh, yeah, grew up in Northern California. I'm a California boy. Uh, born in L.A., raised up in Northern California, came back down to, uh, to UCLA. Uh, but I've been. I started making movies when I was 14. I was one of those idiots that <laughs> found a camera and oh, let's go shoot something. Uh, of course, back in those days, it was all VHS and the camera was huge and you had to get two VCRs to edit and it was. Uh, so, I wish I had the uh, the technology of today back then. You had two VCRs. I had two VCRs. When you uh, when you first started, you know, when you start started making movies as a kid. Um, I mean, did you, were you just writing things out or were you just going out there filming things? What, what were you doing? A little bit of both. Yeah? <laughs> I, I, I was a writer as well, so I did a lot of writing scripts, but there were there were certainly days where a buddy would go, hey, I got a stupid idea. And we'd go, right, let me get the camera. Let's go, let's go. How much of this still exists? Uh, have you digitized any of this stuff? Some of it exists. I actually had somebody recently... Uh, I did this, uh, like, a TV show for a public access station back when I was in high school, uh, and it was horrible. I mean, we were we, nobody knew what they were doing. And it really? Was, on public access? On public <laughs> access, yeah. And we thought we were SNL. You know, we were making sketches and, you know, cracking ourselves up. And so this guy posted all of it on the Internet not too long ago. And uh, I was like, oh, shit, you know, that old show we did, great, and started watching it and went, my God, i got to, like, get this guy to take this stuff down. This is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that went my career. <laughs> I want 
to see that. <laughs> no, you're not allowed. I want How to see do you that. find that? That's exactly right. Yeah. 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 What's that website again? <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> <laughs> Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Well, before I answer any questions, I, d I have one question for you guys. How much am I able to curse on this particular show? As much as you want. Show? Oh, fuck. No <laughs> fucking way. Thank right. God. Um, well... <laughs> Shit, what's the question then? <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> we wanted to know where the fuck you're from and how you got started in this business. Well, <laughs> fucking A, man. That's a story, man. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not as geeky as Chris, but I, I grew up wanting to, to, to act. And, I, you know, mostly I just grew up watching TV because I, you know, didn't have any friends. <laughs> and uh, watched a lot of TV and I, you know, I just wanted to be those people on TV. It was so, all about Tom Selleck, wasn't it? It was no, no. Actually, I'm I'm a little older. I was more like Alan Alda. Like I want to be I wanted to be Hawkeye, dude. I want to be Hawkeye Pierce. But then I want then then the '80s came and I wanted to be uh, David Addison from Moonlighting and I wanted to be Remington Steele and I wanted to be you know all there was some great <laughs> stuff in the '80s, dude. That's all I want to do is be on '80s television. In fact, if I could go if I could be on '80s television right now, that's where I'd be. <laughs> To understand if, uh, if you're moonlighting, you don't get along with your co-star. <laughs> yeah. You get drunk and you come in late. <laughs> you jump the shark like season two. <laughs> you make up whatever dialogue you want. But you know what? You go on to be in Die Hard. You do. So that's pretty damn cool, right? So that's I'm still working on the Die Hard part. <laughs> but I kept my hair. I think that was the that well, was the trade-off. That's actually, the trade-off. I got my hair. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. I did not. I let all my hair go away. You let it all go away? Well, <laughs> how'd you guys meet? Uh, we actually, we met at UCLA. Uh, he was he was a year older than me, uh, or in the class. <laughs> he ahead was? Of me. He's not anymore? No, <laughs> not anymore. No, I caught up. Getting younger, bro. I'm about to pass him. But, uh, I'm in my 20s again. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you flip right. the odometer, but. I never realized how many hard-ons you get until you get in your 40s and you go, man, I had one every five minutes. <laughs> Hey, how you doing, man? Matt, Taylor. Chris. Taylor has just joined us, if you're <laughs> keeping track. Homeless guy out this morning. We don't know who he is. <laughs> That's T-Bone, man. He's a man. He's not even wearing shoes. Um, <laughs> he gave you that look because you're sitting in his seat. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's getting a beer. He'll be fine. Right. So you guys, uh, you guys met in college? We met in college. We, uh, we didn't really become friends in college. It was uh, actually, this is one of my favorite Godecker stories. So when I really kind of went, oh, this is Godecker, and we became friends, uh, it was a couple of years out of college, and I was producing a feature film. Uh -huh. uh, and a friend of a friend said, "Oh, you know what? You got to bring in that guy Godecker to audition for the for the thug, the heavy, you know, the villain." Uh, and I went, "Oh yeah, I remember that guy from college. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Call him on in." So next day, I'm waiting. It's like one o'clock, and he's not here for the audition. And I'm going, "Man, you know, you give a guy a break and doesn't show up on time, and what a jerk." And we get a knock at the door. And we're doing this all out of my apartment. So I open the door, it's two cops. It's like, oh, shit. You know, at first I thought, well, it's probably illegal that I'm having auditions in my home, so they've come to shut us down. And No, no. Uh, do you know a Matt Godecker? Yeah, I'm actually waiting for him. He's supposed to be here for an audition. And they went, oh, okay. Yeah, no, he was down in the street with a fake gun, ranting and raving. <laughs> Somebody called us, so, you know, he's down in cuffs in our car. So he was rehearsing his lines. <laughs> I knew then. I was like, well, we're going to be best friends. And he gets the part because who goes to jail? Think of a role. That's Handcuffed in the street. Handcuffed in knees. the street. Yeah. Well, I made the mistake of... 
playing with a fake gun in the car during the Republican National Convention Week. So the cops were on full alert in Los Angeles. And I'm in the car outside the apartment building waving a gun around. Oddly, somebody called the police. Oddly, Oddly enough. <laughs> but then I went in. It was very odd because I went in and auditioned. And, and the audition actually went pretty well, <laughs> considering I'd just been handcuffed in the street. While you were still in character. Yeah, it was great motivation for the audition. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do for my art. Yeah, I, I knew at that point he would he would do pretty much anything we asked him to. So. I'll get arrested. I'll go to jail. I don't care. What, you guys, uh, you guys, you 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 get a web series, right? We do, yeah. Uh, that's the uh, that's the latest project that we did. That's it's our called, current fiasco. Yes. Our current fiasco, yeah. Uh, and he actually plays a cop this time, so he's <laughs> he's grown and matured. And not a good cop. Not a good cop. No. <laughs> well, he's a good cop. He's not a bad guy. He's an idiot. Guy. He's just an idiot. Yeah. So not a. That's true. <laughs> well, I'll tell the whole story though. So we we started with a short film though. Yeah, so the, yeah, the project has a little bit of history. So it's called LA Fuzz. You can go to lafuzz.com and watch the entire series. It's six episodes. They're all out now. Uh, but uh, it was a, a friend of ours. Uh, uh, who's also in LA Fuzz. Who's the other, his partner. Uh, he wanted to do a short. This is going back five, six years. And he gave me a script and said, would you direct it? I don't direct. And I said, sure, sure. So we did it. And we liked it. It was fun. It turned out okay. It was called LA Shield at the time. Uh, but I saw a whole different vision of what it could be. So a couple of years later, Matt actually bugged me and went, we need to do some more of those. And I went, yeah, I've been thinking about that too. So we kind of <laughs> took it in a whole new direction, and now it's now it's L.A. Fuzz. <laughs> well, I wanted L.A. Dicks. And I got poo-pooed. <laughs> and I wanted L.A. Bacon, and everybody said that would be offensive to the police. <laughs> I think L.A. Bacon is too far. <laughs> L.A. Dicks, it implies dicks without being dicks or bacon. or What's the premise? <laughs> it's about these two dicks. <laughs> it's basically... Uh, two By the way, I'm hoping to make the most foul podcast, really, that we can at this point. You can't. I... You can't. We've already had a really? Couple, we've got a couple comedians out here. Pretty good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. Fucking Al Trump. <laughs> Go on. I'm what, sorry. what were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about the premise of LA Fuzz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it about? That's a good question. Uh, it's about the two bumbling cops who uh, get involved in a drug cartel sting operation that goes south. A lot of people die. Some people accidentally get high. It's a lot of fun. A lot of bullets. A little bit of boobies. A couple of boobies. Not in there. enough boobies. Not enough boobies. I agree. Never enough, <laughs> Never enough boobies. But we also say it's too many. <laughs> exactly. But one of our uh, female stars is Jenny Delish, who is. It's true. Is, she looks like her name, actually. Yeah, she does. Right after uh, we shot the the series, she ended up going on MTV's Real World. Uh, it's the last season, I guess, Explosion, it was called. We went, hey, there we go. Now we got name talent. Uh, <laughs> boom. She is talent. <laughs> uh, so you said that all, the entire series is out. So you guys moved on to a new, are you moving on to a new project? Or? Uh, we're still discussing what we want to do next. Uh, what we really wanted to, to do with this is make more seasons of it yeah. uh, now that season one is out. Um, uh, but we we did Kickstarter for the uh, for this for season one, yeah. uh, 
so I don't think we can go back and kind of dip in that same well to, to do season, season two. two. <laughs> Kickstarter season two. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've tapped our funds. So yeah. uh, give us money, basically. Yeah, so, <laughs> so phone lines are open. Uh, if you call and make your donation, uh, you could get a season two. And how did you, uh, how did you, uh, how did you like uh, the, the, the crowdfunding process? Actually, it's a lot of it's a lot of work, but it's it's kind of fun. It's amazing to me that you can just kind of say, "Here's what I want to do. What do you people think of it?" And people go, "Yeah, I'll give you a buck." Uh-huh. <laughs> you got to build in all those little uh, rewards and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing: how clever you are with the rewards and how how well you market your campaign. Mm-hmm. It really is because you want to get not only do you want to get five dollars from your aunt Flo, you want you know twenty dollars from some guy you've never met, right. which yeah. is the hard thing to to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, but then you see. <laughs> it's definitely a hard thing. I mean, it's yeah. hard. I mean, have you guys done any Kickstarter stuff? Because well, I've not done Kickstarter, yeah, but I've, we've, I've sold we've art. Made for money. Uh, <laughs> same, same thing. Yeah. yeah you know, so I was like, "Here's this sculpture I've created. Uh, just right. give me a whole bunch of money for it." Yeah. And, and when you get a some, when you get somebody you know that's got some bucks and they do it, and you're like, "Thank you, man. That's awesome." Yeah. Yeah. But when you get a total random stranger, and then they start bargaining with you. Try to bargain you down. Mm-hmm. You're like, game on. This is awesome. Yeah. You want this bad enough to like to haggle yeah. with, the yeah. Artist, yeah. with the actual artist? That's like that's awesome. That's when you kind of go, wow. That's a so. Yeah. I imagine. Yeah. I imagine that's kind of what the. Oh yeah, it becomes an addiction. Is. You know, I was every day. I'd you know I'd get up and start the morning coffee, and then I get on Kickstarter and oh, look at that, we got two more pledges. We got five bucks. <laughs> that's another six dollars in the coffers. <laughs> but those you know, five dollars it adds up. I mean, it does. Even if somebody's giving you five bucks, you're like, well, that that adds to the total. It's kind of a brilliant system, as long as you know you can get the money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, but you gotta have that audience. Yeah, and it's a weird uh, when you finally kind of reach the the end of the campaign, and you know, you get all your money. There's this kind of big sense of relief of ah, oh, we did it, we got there. All right. Oh, now we gotta go do the goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah, like, well, you don't have to. Technically, you technically you don't. Money, you could just go to Vegas. We could have just pocket. <laughs> Why didn't we do Nobody that? Checks. Why didn't anybody There's suggest people that? People sitting around waiting on their T-shirts. <laughs> we should have asked for a lot more money. <laughs> yeah, we should have. But it is amazing though when somebody, you know, even if you know them or their family or whatever, they give you a hundred, two hundred dollars, or we had people give us five hundred dollars, and you're like, wow, that's just kind of an amazing thing to be paid mm-hmm. in that way, right. in yeah. that fashion. Yeah. You know? Like the same way I'm sure it is when you sell that one thing that you actually made. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, Kickstarter is even a whole different way because I. I if I've gone to all the trouble, if I've gone all the trouble to carve the stone and, and mm-hmm. throw it out there and it's sit, um, at least I, you know, like Kickstarter's the other way. Like, give me some money and I'll do this. And I'll like, go I, do it. Yeah. When you do art, it's like I've made some art. Give yeah. me some money. So like Kickstarter's got to be like even more. Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Although you could do that with sculpture, you could easily say, "I have this vision for a sculpture. I need four thousand dollars to buy the granite, and I need or whatever." Yeah, you you could do that. I don't know if you. But you've you've done uh, what do you call it? Commission, commission work. Commission work. Just, yeah. I only had just one, but it was well, it was sort of like that. But it was somebody who'd already bought something, so oh, okay. like I kind of knew they knew. Yeah, when like, I, with Kickstarter, you're just putting money in a bowl. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I did. Uh, I did. I didn't. I didn't do a Kickstarter, but I, I contributed to somebody's Kickstarter who, uh, well, I, as you see, I, I cycle. And uh, <laughs> this guy has this great idea for this horn for your bike that sounds like a car. 
Oh. So that as you're riding along, somebody's pulling out for you. They hear a car coming. Nobody listens to a zing, zing, zing of a, yeah, of a yeah, bell right. ringing. But they, when they hear a car horn, so that it has to be loud enough, it has to be light enough, it has to attach to your bike. Anyhow, some guy came up with this prototype, and uh, I kick-started. I, I, I contributed. Spo- I'm supposed to be getting it. Uh, I just got an update. I'm supposed to be getting it uh, before Christmas. Nice. That was two years ago. <laughs> I was supposed to get it. <laughs> but, but the point but. is, is I, I liked his idea. I loved his passion. You really should get an update. And, and he's, he's yep. every month, he's like, even if he's like, even if it's bad news, it's like, well, because this guy won't, at one point was six or seven months living in China hmm. as he tried to get like all the stuff, you know, moldings and all this stuff in one location to mass produce. He was living in China and uh, he would say, oh, another setback, the molding for this blah, 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 it, it's not waterproof, so I have to go find a new one. And, you know, it's like, oh, I finally found one. It's like, so it's like, at least he was, he was good about it. He was yeah. good. But I gave, I don't know, I think like 140 because I just thought it was a cool idea. And I'm going to get one of the first You're get an prototypes. Yeah. Uh, and at some point I'd reached, the, as I told you, I was like, I don't think this is going to ever happen. <laughs> but I kept getting updates and he's telling me I'm going to be getting one. Uh, Dude, this close. Yeah, that close. Before Christmas, he's saying. So well, don't the point is, is it, it's, it's, it's that sort of leap of faith that yeah. somebody's, they, they told you they got an idea. You believed in their idea, and then you you took the leap of faith that they're gonna do that. And yeah. I, I like that. I do. I mean, yeah. uh, you're gonna get burned sometimes on that for sure. sure. And and sometimes it's for well, you for shouldn't give him ten thousand dollars. No, no, you shouldn't give him to those. Yeah. Uh, but it's nobody's fault. Sometimes an idea just can't be done or isn't gonna happen the way you thought it was. Yeah. But I, I like the idea of it. Well, there, there's a lot of people that kind of debate. Like Zach Braff funded his latest movie mm-hmm. through Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Did he get funded or did he? he got like oh, a yeah, million he or something like that, right? He got quite a few million. A million or something yeah. like that. Five hundred. And then the movie got and it's out. Yeah. You know, but it's the a movie can do well. I don't know if it did or didn't. I didn't. I didn't pay attention when it came out. But there was a lot of debate when that was going on of. You're a famous guy. Like go. But then Veronica Mars did the same thing. And Veronica Mars did the same thing. But that was more successful. I'm, I'm kind of torn on it. Like I like the idea that you you're basically pre-selling tickets to your movie at that point. Right. You're right. saying to people, when there was that, "Do you um, like the idea? Okay, great." There was that one TV you know? show that got canned by like Sci-Fi Channel or something. Hmm. Uh, you're talking about Firefly. Maybe that was it. And somebody said, That's "Hey, right. they want they wanted to keep going, and there were, uh, fans were like, we want it, yeah. but there wasn't enough fans, so the the Producers bought the rights, and then to actually, so they had cash for that. But then to actually produce the film or the TV show, yeah. whatever they were doing, they had to go to Kickstarter. And they they also and they did. They, as well, I don't know if it's come out yet or not, but I remember reading about that yeah. within yeah. the last eight months or something like that. And they came up, they were like eight hundred thousand yeah. or something, like that. and they came up with it because the fans already like, had a we fan base. Want it, we want yeah. to keep, but it wasn't a big enough fan base, you know, to really yeah real, for the. Uh, the studio movie, to yeah. say, hey, we're going to do it. But it was a big enough fan base that they all kicked in. Well, and that, I mean, the, the Hollywood's a weird place. Yeah. You know, I, I've had a lot of conversations with, with Hollywood folks, and I've said, you know, well, if you take a million dollar budget and it makes 10 million at the box office, that's a huge win, right? That's $9 million you've just made. And they go, nah. We don't care about that. That's not a profit margin to us. Like right. we want to spend a hundred million and make three hundred million. Right. Then we're excited, and it's they, well, they want okay. a whole bunch more zeros. Yeah, yeah. So you know, then where do you go as the little guy? You right. Know? You go to Kickstarter. A lot of people are doing it. Like you know, the one we saw. Uh, God, what was the one? Uh, Tim's Tim's Vermeer. 
Oh yeah, uh, I think they kickstarted that. And then, mm. Oh really? And then Penn's got oh, another I didn't know movie that. that they used to kickstart. And, and uh, wow, Adam Carolla raised a million dollars on Kickstarter for uh, I think it's his uh, Paul Newman movie. So hmm. and oh, you man. can also do other. There's other funding sites that. Yeah. Like Kickstarter doesn't give you the money if you don't make the, the goal. There's, right. there's, there's yeah, some GoFundMe. Go GoFundMe. Yeah, yeah. 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 Indiegogo. Indiegogo, yeah. yeah. They give you the money regardless of what you make. Yeah. yeah. Some of them you have to make your you have to make your goal. If you don't make your goal, if you fall short of your goal, you don't get it. Some of them you get whatever whatever shows up. And yeah. Each one has a different thing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, 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 the only thing about Kickstarter that I'm a little leery of, to be honest, is it's owned by Google. And I don't know that I want to give Google any more money. Because every time you pay into Kickstarter, uh, Google gets a cut of that, whatever percentage they have of that. I'm pretty sure Kickstarter itself gets whatever you buy nowadays, well, Google is getting a piece of it. I just filled up my tank with my car, and I'm sure some of that gas money went to Google. They know where you are at every moment. <laughs> You listen to Swoopster on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're here with filmmakers Chris Featheroff and Matt Godecker. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, Danny Rosner, Hitchhiker, back after this. You were waiting for a ride by the side of the road. Teach him a lesson. You 
Jacqueline. Yes, Mom? I wanted to talk to you about something, and... Oh, wait. Hold on. I just got a text. Oh, wait, Mom. I just got a message. So many comments on my comment. Hey, guys, check out my wait. new video game. Mom, what? Huh? Pew, pew. What'd you say? This huh? weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. For a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. We gotta talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Well, that's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. Hi, Hi we're the we're enablers, enablers, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to Swoop Squirrel. Swoop Squirrel. <laughs> Welcome back to Swoop Squirrel, the Talk Story Radio Network. <laughs> Either that or you're swinging from the rafters. Oh, I don't know. One of the two. Ruining lives on a <laughs> weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when it comes to making films, and, and you guys, you mean you, you do it all? You, you come with the concept, you write the scripts, you, you, you cast the actors, you film, you direct, all you do the whole the whole gamut. Yes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Nobody else going to do it. Nobody else is going to. You know, they always give me, you know, Matt and some of the other guys that we work with, uh, they always give me grief of like, ah, you do too much. You wear too many hats. And for me, it's always been a, well, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Do you know how to run sound? Do you know how to edit? Do you know how to say, okay, then I got to do it and make it done. But uh, th this time, since we did Kickstarter and raised a little bit of money, we actually were able to bring some extra people on board and, uh, even had another guy running camera, which I'm normally behind the camera and acting. I don't know how that works, but somehow I make it work. Yeah, sometimes it works. Sometimes <laughs> it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But this time we we got another guy to hold the camera, and it was like it was heaven. I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. I just said, okay, set the camera up and hit record. I guess I'll, I'll just act then. But, yeah, no, it's uh, – for me, it's always been important to kind of know all the different aspects of it, too. You know, the more I know about directing, the better a writer I feel I am, and vice versa, and, and on and on. Uh, and that's always been the way we've done stuff, really, is we just make stuff. And, you know, we're the only people who are here, you know? <laughs> that's just the way it works. But I actually, do, doing working that way, I've learned a, a ton of, of just watching you about how to make a moving picture in terms of seeing, like shot to shot to shot that I never would have thought about mm -hmm. before just because mm -hmm. I'm actually watching somebody do it. He directed a short at one point and he refuses to let anyone watch it. He just <laughs> well, despises it. We'll never even discuss it. But that. it's pretty damn good. Oh, we're in the middle of that right now. <laughs> Not if I hit him with his hip <laughs> It's on IMDb. I think yeah. other than that you can't find it no anywhere. No one will ever know. <laughs> Listen, you know, I, what I find, uh, found interesting the first time I actually saw the process of uh, making a movie is that there 
not shot in sequence lots of times yeah and and, and uh when you're when you're uh, you're creating like that is it is it difficult to you you, know, you edit and everything too mm -hmm. is it difficult to to kind of to, to you know because we have this we have this location for today and you know that's really you know three quarters away in the movie is it difficult to shoot that way and then and then come back and put it back put it all together uh, it sure can be. I mean, there's definitely you, you kind of have to be you have to see the forest and the trees at the same time, you know. So, it, but I've always I've always kind of had that brain, I guess, where I'm able to kind of keep all that together and I can see the full thing while we're working on something specific. Well, plus, you know, if it, when you if from a producing standpoint, like you said, you get that location. We have this afternoon to shoot that scene. Right. <laughs> you don't really. There's no choice. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, we'll get this done. Yeah. We got we got the space. You know. I actually think it's harder for me, at least as an actor, to do that to kind of jump into a minute. Okay, where am I coming from now? Did did I already kill the girl, or am I? You know, where am I at in the scene? As you a, always kill girls. I kill. Oh, weird. <laughs> Let's not talk about that on the air. I believe. I think the black guy was on this side. <laughs> well, you know. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's a you know once I've especially if I've written it and then we're going to direct it, I've kind of got it pre-edited in my right. head, so it's a little bit easier to go. Oh, I know I, we need this shot or whatnot, but. Yeah, you got to be flexible. <laughs> there, there were times where you know it was, hey, sun's going down. If we want to get that one thing, we better stop what we're doing here and run out there and grab that, and then come back and finish up. And you got to, okay, yep, yeah. <laughs> you got to be able to juggle it. You know, now when it's your entire process, you can't sit around and bitch about the craft services. You can't say, yeah, they suck. They <laughs> <laughs> you mean the subway sandwich? Every meal for three days. I can because I gave all that to the producer, oh, Gary. <laughs> Gary, who's not here tonight. So, yeah, I could bitch at him for that. but <laughs> talk shit about him all night. I know. Why haven't we started talking shit about him? So Gary Holm is a producer on the project, and I can't say enough bad things about him. <laughs> at least right now. Uh, give me time. Yeah. The show's not long enough. For, no, 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 no. But I'll tell you what. He makes a mean turkey burger. He does make a good turkey I'll burger. I'll give him that. And he did cater most of the event. He did, yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, you know, the, the worst part about this particular shoot for LA Fuzz was... We, pl we shot everything in the desert, right? And Which is fine. We planned it all ahead. We thought we were going to be early enough in the year. It wasn't going to be hot. No problem. We get out there, and God damn it, it was 110 yeah. degrees. It was horrible. There's no good right. time to yeah. shoot. He did say desert, right? Barstow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Barstow. <laughs> and he was surprised it was 100 Yeah, but it was, <laughs> yeah. it was April. It was April. It was spring. I was like, come on, dude. 110? Come on. I'm assuming when you were shooting in the desert, that was kind of like some gorilla film in there, right? We're not talking, oh, yeah. We're not yeah. talking well, we got, we got hookups in Barstow. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we do. Actually. We do. We do. <laughs> we have serious hookups in Barstow. We had a lot of fun locations out there. There's a, If you ever drive the 15, I don't even know if it's still there. there I were, think it is, yeah. Was it still yeah. there? Okay. They, they were rehabbing it or tearing it down or something, but we got in there at the right time. There's an old abandoned water park out there. Yeah. On the uh, side of the 15. Oh, yeah. 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 Right as you're going, right past yeah. Barstow. And it looks... Graffiti and oh, horrible and, you know. It's unbelievable, yeah. Apocalyptic. Apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we got in there to shoot, and it looks, I mean, it adds value to the scene. It's all it about the location. So yeah. Real. Yeah. And Barstow, that's the new Hollywood. I don't know. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> Nobody knows that. Barstow, we've shot a bunch of, we've shot a lot Barstow, Barstow doesn't even know that. <laughs> For, in fact, speaking of that feature film that we yeah, yeah. want to go. That was also you, out there. You yeah. guys managed to get scenes in the Barstow Police Department. We did, yeah. 
for free. I, yeah, it was for free. You you make it sound like it was hard. We went in and we went, hey, uh, can we shoot a can scene? we shoot a scene in here? And they all went, oh, sweet, a movie. <laughs> we had that. We had these cops. It's Barstow. That we, we also had the, the one that really blew me away was uh, uh, the motel thing that we did, where yeah. we wanted we wanted all these squad cars to come tearing into the parking lot and cops getting out of their cars and pointing the guns and you know have a big standoff kind of a thing. So we asked, you know, can we? Would you guys mind doing that? It was like, how many people you need? <laughs> how like, many cop cars you want? Barstow, Three, four cars. <laughs> so they all come tearing up, and one of the cops like pops open his trunk, and he goes, "You want me to use the shotgun?" Sure, yeah, that would be great. And he goes, "All right, let me unload it." So he's unloading bullets everywhere. It was all right. Let's do it. They love it. rad. They get a little bored out there. I think. Barstow. Yeah. He just said, "I've never heard before." Have you ever heard? Barstow's red. Yeah, Barstow's red, dude. Dude, you have no idea. I'm telling you, buy property. It's the next build town. It, it is, yeah. Barstow. So many cool little spots out there. 66 is coming back, dude. It's gonna be a town again. But there's a whole, there's a whole community. It's a seriously, dude. Barstow is red, man. R A D. But actually, they're very serious about their police work out there. They do bust meth labs. They and do, yeah. The SWAT team in Barstow looks about as rough as, like, you know, uh, L.A. does. Oh, well, yeah. They got machine guns. They're no slouches. They're not messing around. They just have some downtime now and again. Where, you <laughs> know, so we get a movie. It's a good Barstow. thing to do. We shoot yeah. a lot in Barstow. We got a lot of hookups out there. Yeah. And the desert is good for, you know, burying bodies or shooting. You just have to dig the holes. Lots of light. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of a lot light. of light. Yep. Well, it's 110 degrees. Yeah. A lot of heat. When it comes to uh, you know putting together a project, I mean that's a, that's a big part of it. Uh, when you're writing, when like when you're writing uh, your screenplay or your script, whatever, do you have an idea of where you want to? Where you know, besides you know, you know middle class neighborhood? So do you have an idea of where you want to shoot, uh, or do you do you, do you wait to after that's all kind of done and then and then go out and uh, site locations? Well, we um, for this we almost tailored the scenes. For this we did because yeah. we knew we were going to shoot desert. We knew we were going to need this location, that location, and that's why Barstow is red because it just fit. Everything we needed was in Barstow. To be honest, burnt out buildings, yeah, uh, abandoned water parks, just empty desert. You name it, it's, yeah, it's out there. It's a, it's a different process when you say, okay, we are actually going to shoot this ourselves and do it, and you know that going into it. Right. Then you do you start to do you know some of the directing work a little earlier than you know you typically would. But if I'm writing something that eh, this is a good idea and I think it'll make a nice script, I I tend not to think about that. I then which which is problematic because you know suddenly I write, oh, it's a really neat small little movie that I'm going to write, and suddenly there's aliens and things exploding, <laughs> and now it's a budget that. You know, nobody's going to afford to make it. <laughs> so, where do we find a plane? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guarantee. <laughs> there I can get yeah. you a plane, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like stat. I could probably get you one tonight. <laughs> I'm telling you, they got their own airport. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're set up. Yeah. Yeah. They're good to go. Huh? Barstow. Barstow. <laughs> Barstow if you right. take away anything, anything from, from today. The, from today. <laughs> Barstow. New Mexico. Yeah, I know. It's, it should have yeah. shot in Barstow. Barstow right here. It's like <laughs> two hour budget in half. <laughs> but that's the, I mean, that's the thing about locations, though, is you kind of have to go with the cheapest whatever you can mm -hmm. right. get. You don't. Have, it's almost like you don't have a choice. Yeah. Really. Because in L.A., everybody wants money for a location. Yeah. You know, I don't think you can shoot anywhere in L.A. Yeah. 
Did you uh, did you know all the actors going in, or did you did you hold auditions? And, I mean, it's a, actually, we did, a we did hold yeah, we did hold some auditions. Uh, well, tell them why, because you were going to play the bad guy. Well, there was that too, but we needed a bunch of you, all the fighting well, girls. We needed, we, needed, we needed boobies. Yeah, we needed some boobies and whatnot. Um, Female. Female boobies, well, yeah. Whatever. yeah. We, we would have been fine with male boobies if they were big enough and <laughs> we would have taken them. We were flexible. Willing to shave, I guess. But <laughs> and it is Barstow, so a lot of that is available. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a lot of I get the uh, boobies on stat for Barstow. <laughs> right now, they're, they're not pretty. But yeah, we t- I, I actually I love the process of casting. It's it's really fun to have a bunch of actors come through and be on the other side of the table. Yeah. And see all the, you know. Well, so tell them who we had to cast. Because the bad guy was the real big casting. Movie. Well, yeah, the, the bad guy ended up being the big thing. So we uh, originally, there, there's a bit of a telenovela kind of feel to the project. Uh, so we thought, well, what always happens in those is, you know, somebody's twin shows up from out of nowhere. So we started building each character a twin that they would have. And it, eventually it turned out that only Matt's character. Yeah, so had I got twin. a twin brother, but nobody else did. But originally I was going to be, uh, you know, the, the kind of straight guy cop uh, who just stares at them the whole time and rolls his eyes and goes, takes his shirt off. Why am I here? Yeah, for some reason I'm, I'm always half naked and everything. <laughs> That's actually true of a lot of your stuff. Triple over here. Really. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, he likes to take his shirt off. Yeah, it's true. I, I think, have I been naked in everything that we've done? I don't even know who I'm doing it for at this point. (laughs) You've got your own podcast at home. (laughs) Apparently, I need some therapy. Let's just leave it there. So, at any rate, we we had to cast a bad guy. We had to cast the head of the cartel. Right. And because your Spanish is not good. And that was kind of ridiculous. See? Yeah. No, it's that he thing. But. (laughs) So, we cast this guy who was a telenovela star in Miami or somewhere. Yeah, I think it. Came from Cuba, I think. He was Cuban, but he was from Miami. Living in Miami, yeah. uh, But just to see them, so we were Patricio, Patricio Patricio. Doran, yeah, right. And we were casting a typical like uh, Pacino bad guy, where he's snorting cocaine and doing all this stuff. And every actor who came in had a totally different take in it, and that's what I took away from Mm -hmm. how neat it is to see every actor come in, knowing anything about the project, and doing something completely different. Yeah, yeah. You get like. 25 different interpretations of it that you then kind of, and none of them are what you thought it was going to look like, but <laughs> then you kind of, you know, his was the one that we went, oh, that's, that's the, that's way the guy. Go. That's the guy. You know, so it, he's it, got the swagger and yeah. he's got the, you know. Yeah. No, it's fun. We like doing that. Yeah. Well, when, uh, when you, when you finally get the, the, lots of times when you, you, you go on audition for things like this and get the part, but then there's like a big time lag between, you know, Shooting, you know, getting the part and doing the shooting, especially with independent type stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you guys had the, the crowdfunding campaign going along too. What was the time frame? I mean, how, how long from start to finish? How long was the process? Well, we started the we started the crowdfunding start to finish year and a half because we started in the beginning of 2013 yeah. for the Kickstarter campaign. Then we shot in the spring, and then everything else was post and. We shot pretty quickly after we got the money. We I think it was maybe a month and a half or so that we did, you know, the last bits of pre-production. Toward the end, it became kind of evident that we were going to get to the goal, so we were able to start doing things a little bit early. But uh, so, how many days of filming did you do? Oh, we only shot five, five days. days. Oh wow! Yeah, so you got six episodes out of that. And six episodes, yeah. Minutes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We uh, 
we move quickly. We we've done you know so much kind of guerrilla style yeah. that, and there was a you know we didn't we didn't do a lot of lights for this because most of it was outdoors, so we just used a lot of natural yeah, lighting. We didn't worry which, about sound too much. I mean, had we 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 skimped on some certain production values just because we knew that we'd have to ADR everything in the end anyway, and you know. All and that kind of added to the telenovela feel of the whole thing, that yeah. everything was just slightly out of sync, that you kind of, was that in Spanish originally? You know, <laughs> some fun things like that that just kind of add to the whole project, but yeah. yeah. Did it, in the end, did it turn out the way you, the way you, you wanted it to, or the way you expected it to? It never does. No, it never, <laughs> it never turns out the way you expect it to, which is, a, you know, I learned that early on. Yeah. I think a lot of... You know, I see a lot of filmmakers kind of working on their first or second projects where they're, ah, it's not what I saw in my head. And it's like, yeah, well, we can't, you know, take what's in your head and <laughs> throw it on the table. It's it's always going to look different. Yeah. The the, you know, for me, it's always been like you hire the right people. You get somebody who's really creative, like Matt, and I see the character in a way because I've written it to be a certain way, and then I give it to Matt, and he does all sorts of weird shit with it and suddenly it's cooler than what I ever expected it to be. Which is so. what you can I mean that's what you hope for with actors is yeah. that they come in and they they make that their own thing. Yeah. I mean otherwise it's just your words on a page anyway. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of words on a page, were you guys really tight were you really tight to the to the, to the dialogue? Some of the actors were yes. I believe I believe uh, what I kept saying to Matt was, let's do it one time like it's written. <laughs> and then maybe we'll play around. And he would go, okay, and he wouldn't come anywhere near the page. It was, Look, it was hot in the desert. Yeah. I don't have time to be worrying about every period in comma that you put in there. <laughs> Look, for, for most of the stuff I've, I've ever done that you've written, I've done verbatim. F stops? Verbatim. Well, verbatim. I didn't direct that though, so. You wrote it. <laughs> Most of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we turn off the mics for a second? And if I could borrow that knife. You know, we're going to brawl on camera, dude. It's going down. I got some IPA in me, and it's going, it's going down hard. By the way, IPA makes me crazy. I haven't. I didn't mention that. It's the hops. It's good to know. It's the hops. Um, okay, so you got the season one down. Uh, were you were you working on multiple projects at the same time, or were you just dedicated to this? Well, you always have. You're, yeah, I've always, like a, I've always got a bunch of... Yeah, I do a lot of audio books as well. Uh, can we do some quick plugs? Yeah, can I plug sure. some things? Everybody check out Bill the Vampire. It's an audio book series. It's five books right now. I think it's end up gonna, it'll be eight total uh, when it's done. But uh, very cool audio books. Um, uh, the books themselves are great, but... You know, I got to narrate them, so buy the audio book <laughs> instead. Come on. Uh, check those out. And then, uh, you know, I also do a lot of uh, event videography and editing and whatnot uh, uh, with my own business. So you can also go to cjfevents.com. And uh, uh, if you need somebody to shoot your wedding or shoot your short film or documentary or or your, editing your or your podcast or, you know, whatever you need. <laughs> Actually, editing, you do a lot of editing. Too. We do a lot of editing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
You got anything going on on the side yet? There? No, nothing. Nothing at all. Wait for nothing at all. Season two? Yeah, Matt waits for me <laughs> to call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even have a job right now. I'm just waiting for LA Fuzz to like, so I can cash it's in. It's like every couple days. He sleeps in the alley right <laughs> outside my place. Yeah. Sometimes I film my own shorts. And I'm like, hey, we should do this right now. It doesn't work. Chris sees that number and goes, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, he's here again. God damn it. Yeah, so uh, how we do it? Do the do, uh, do script there, Chris? <laughs> well, first of all, in the... In, if Chris has his way in the second season, there will be aliens. So yeah. I think I'm just going to leave it at that. No. <laughs> Cops and aliens. In fact, maybe we should call it Cops and Aliens. Cops and Aliens. <laughs> Nobody steal that. That's mine. Uh, no, I, if, if we're plugging here, uh, I'll plug something very strange that I do. Um, I do a, a Yeah, yeah, mostly. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> if you go to uh, pantsmcturd.blogspot.com, it's a weekly astrology column that I write. I'm serious about this, actually. Uh, and uh, some pretty wise words. Very wise words. Let's, let's just say wise words. And I am, I am Dr. Pants McTurd. It's kind of a handle. It, I can see that. An alter persona, yeah. Yeah, it's my alternate. In fact, sometimes I dress as him and I go out. I haven't told you that. Uh, and he's a crusher. If, if you haven't figured that out, it's not family friendly. And he's not a doctor. He's not, no. a He's not a doctor. <laughs> you didn't play the dad on uh, Seventh Heaven, did you? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> they brought him in for the final season, which <laughs> got the show canceled. And yep. Was, yep. I've been the result of many. <laughs> hey, we try to cover a lot and, and let our listeners know a lot about what's going on with it every time our guests are here. Is there anything you want to talk about that we haven't had a chance to chat about? I think we kind of covered it, didn't we? Uh, is there anything about, like we should probably say a little bit more about LA Fuzz in terms of? Well, yeah, uh, I mean we can reiterate. You should uh, just keep plugging LAFuzz.com. Keep plugging LA Fuzz. LAFuzz.com. If uh, if you go there, all six episodes are available now to watch. We're like Netflix. We're like Netflix. Yeah, we release it all at the same time because you know. And it's a it's a monetarily funded YouTube page or whatever, right? So we're going to get rich. Right? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if we can get everybody to click on it and get up to, like, a million hits, then I think YouTube will send us a check. Uh, like a couple dollars. That's yeah. kind of yeah. what yeah. we want to get to. That would be awesome. Yeah. We would have a $4 party <laughs> if that happened. That's what you do in Barstow. On the <laughs> <laughs> you, you can make that happen in Barstow. You go to Barstow and you have a $4 party. <laughs> and you bookended it. Perfect. Yeah, yeah no, honestly, we we just love to make more of these because these characters are so dumb like I I honest like I love characters that are so over the top that whatever they do somehow makes some sort of sense <laughs> at least in their own heads I gotta say like some of the like we enjoyed shooting the actual project but we did a bunch of Kickstarter updates because uh, we had to because it took so long so we kept every you, month or so we you put one out your investors like on, you know yeah but that was one of my that was one of the funnest things about it for me is I just show up at his door and I'd go we gotta shoot an update mm-hmm. and then we'd come up with something and he'd improvise a little and we'd write a few things down and we'd do some silliness and we did that for I guess a year and a half we made mm-hmm. 25 or 30 little yeah, updates yeah, we for probably, people we might have more videos that was a lot of fun yeah we probably do yep. well, you gotta do an outtakes on the updates you exactly. do <laughs> Yes. Ah, <laughs> yes. oh, great. Now this you've set them off. Uh-oh. I know we're doing tonight. No. <laughs> Get the camera. There we go. We're not sleeping again. <laughs> I should have brought a gun. <laughs> I should have brought a weapon. No, no, this is Long Beach. This, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to be careful now. <laughs> yeah, but it's Bixby Knowles. That's true. It is Bixby Knowles. 
It's the nice part, but it's still Long Beach. It's the nice part, yeah. yeah. It's still Long Beach. But it's still <laughs> I still should have brought it now. <laughs> before we before we wrap things up, I, mean, I just so our listeners kind of know is is it if I'm if I'm thinking about LA Fuzz, am I am I kind of thinking Reno 911? A little bit, yeah, a little bit of, yeah. I yeah. mean, if you enjoy Reno 911, you'll get a kick out of this. Reno 911 yeah. meets telenovela yeah. meets uh, uh, Merton Riggs. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, like my inspiration for the character is uh, Lethal Weapon. Honestly, like, that's the guy. A little older, a little drunker. He didn't get married to Rene Russo. He didn't do that thing. For me, you were always a drunk Tom Selleck. <laughs> Without the stash. Just Without the drunk, stash. Just a drunk Tom Selleck. Yeah. Man, I, I'd and love the to be there. You, know, you, you got to have the yeah. dolphin shirt, man. <laughs> really short, but yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm there. I didn't want to see that much of his legs. <laughs> My legs are not Tom Selleck's legs. But... <laughs> I like that Tom, drunk Tom Selleck. Shorter, not as handsome, no mustache. But not, you got your not nearly as skilled, but <laughs> I just think I've got a whole new career. I have to go. Excuse me. Oh well, Chris and Matt, we want to thank you for coming on the show and uh, definitely come on back and uh, next time we get something going on and and to check out lafuzz.com. Lafuzz.com. I've actually six I've actually, I actually watched a couple of episodes. I'm I think you should get drunk and watch them. That's my recommendation to people. <laughs> or like a big fat joint, whatever it is, like just <laughs> t- loosen up because the dumber you are, the funnier it is. <laughs> In fact, that should be our test. <laughs> you, can't, you can't top that. <laughs> you listen to Swoops on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, listen to John Gannon. This is Fly. And uh, I'll be doing some Brewski's Beer Tasting when we get back. Saturday morning I jump out of bed and my clothes are laid out like a fireman's. I bust out the door, blast off on my Schwinn and I ride like the wind. With those Marlboro boys with fake Pendleton shirts and their painter hats backwards, little Brad lackeys would Made of earth and of plywood We stole from our father's garages And we'd risk life and limb on a whim We'd be soldiers and ducking the dirt-clad barrages With those Marlboro boys with fake Pendleton shirts And we'd curse like the sons of longshoremen And foreman was beat by the greatest But he made us reach for the sky And
today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to mypyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. At 6 I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. At 6 I make his breakfast. At 7 I shower. Every day I wake up for at those five. caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org/caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. My name is Mary Scholes, and you're listening to Swoop's World. I'm sorry, baby, but I tried. Sorry for telling you those lies. Sorry for messing with your mind. Well, I never met. Scholes, S-C-H-O-L-Z. Yeah, S-C-H-O-L-Z. <laughs> T-Bone in the house. What's oh, up, hey. brother? What's happening, man? Not too much, man. Hey, I want to thank uh, Chris and Matt for joining us. Good times. I got, the fellas going to sit through and have them do a little beer tasting with us, and uh, I think they're going to have to head back to the 323 or whatever. They, whatever they <laughs> 310, 310, 310. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> yeah, they're going to 
They go to Barstow. Because it's rad up there. <laughs> Barstow's rad. Right. I love that, man. I don't think I've ever heard I've never heard such, but we'll go with it. Is that... That's us. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, we're going to be talking. About, we're going to be doing our brewskis uh, beer tasting here in a minute. As soon as Peter tells me, he gives me the the clue. He's ready. What's been uh, What's been happening with you all week, man? Well, let's see here. Uh, I got uh, today was my second Monday of the week because we had yesterday off for what Veterans Day. Why, why did they just take Monday off? You know. I feel like that's how they did it in the past. That's exactly what they did. And I don't know if maybe some folks complained that we weren't honoring the the, the holiday on its real day or what. But uh, for whatever reason, we had school on Monday and then Tuesday off for Veterans Day on the actual 11th, which, like and like we just said, is fairly new policy in this district, at least, I'm pretty sure. It's pretty lame. So today was Monday Part 2. Um that meant that yesterday, yeah, yesterday uh, I got to wander around the shore a little bit. Apparently, Peter and I just missed each other on at least two stops on yeah. our on our meanderings. <laughs> so, uh, tried out some some gimmicky fun ice cream yesterday. It's awesome. It's Keep really good. I've been here three times. It's very <laughs> very tasty. I mean, yeah, I, I got the got the cookies and cream oh, you one. Made it, you made it yeah, we were there like within I, minutes. Because oh. Ashley can't resist you know Instagramming something. And so I was like, screw it, I'll do it on my phone. Because they had the, the screen yeah. up on the wall, and it was like, you hashtag it, and you'll, your picture will show up on the TV up on the wall. And I was like, all right, I never use this thing, I'll do it. <laughs> and within, I don't know, whenever I looked at my phone again, Peter had commented on it. Hey, we were there today, too. Yeah. I was like, oh, nice. And then uh, he went to Simsy's afterwards. We'd yeah. gone to Simsy's previously. Yeah, yeah. He had his dessert first, you had yeah. his uh, the traditional way, yeah. Well, I got kids. Get them to eat their I, food. You got to make sure that there's that reward. Yeah. I was just with a woman that's who's that's addicted that's to ice cream. That's so. That place. The, the yeah, yeah. That's how I knew. Okay. In fact, my kids, uh, my kids wanted me to thank you uh, uh, specifically for for because I was like, I mean, normally when we go to Simsies, we go to uh, Powell's, uh-huh. which is there's no complaint there, right? Yeah, yeah they yeah. got a bunch of candy. But this time around, we walked on down to the. Creamistry, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, I gotta say, nice. it's a much cooler gimmick than the Cold Stone. We just mix some crap in. So there. much better. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they blast liquid nitrogen in there, and then there's this big whoosh of all the vapors flying out over the top of the top, counter. Uh, top chef. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Richard Blaze in there. Oh, it gives you a lot nitrogen. more options. I mean, you can really mm-hmm. make yeah, like way more. I, I just went with butterscotch just the first time around just to see. I wanted to see what it tastes. Like. I didn't want to throw a bunch of stuff in there and not be able to taste it. Yeah. And it was good. Yeah. I mean, I'm, next time I, I've got a whole plan. I mean, it's going to be a lot more uh, complicated than just butterscotch. i, I got a plan. So. All right. Time for some it's time for Brewskies, our beer tasting segment right here at Swoops World Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for Brewskies, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Welcome to, uh, no offense, the most important part of the show, <laughs> the beer drinking part of the show. Uh, tonight we're drinking Rampage, Imperial IPA. Uh, this is from Black Diamond Brewery. Um, I think they're down in San Diego-ish, uh, south of us. Coronado, I think it's just it. mm, Yeah, Coronado. no, they're That's north, they're Concord. 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 Coronado south, Concord's north, so they're north of us. Different bay. Yeah. And uh, these guys, uh, here's what they have to say about their own brew. First of all, it's a, it's a uh, 
They use malts of pale, light, Munich, medium, crystal, and carapels. Uh, hops is millennium, nougat, nugget, citra, amarillo, and centennial. And then they use house English ale yeast. That's kind of interesting. Uh, not the standard IPA yeast there. Anyhow, we didn't. here's what they say. We didn't want this to be jagged edge on steroids. Thus, rather than using the same hop combination, we chose more fruit forward hops to balance out the alcohol in the beer. The medium crystal malt adds a very subtle color and sweetness. Nugget and millennium hops are used to bitter. Citrus is a new variety to, to the market that has some similar properties to Simcoe, but a more pleasant fruitiness. The liquid in the fermenter is dry hop three times, each dry hop equal in weight to the dry hop of Jagged Edge, one of the other brews. This multi-stage dry hopping is meant to layer different hop aromas. This beer is fermented cool to suppress fusels alcohol. Way too much information here. The idea was to avoid... <laughs> Never mind. Point being, <laughs> these guys have produced a uh, an alcohol like beverage of 9% with a IBU in the upper 80s, which is high but not ridiculously so. Uh, and they've labeled it an imperial IPA, which seems to fit. And they put this big old giant bull elephant charging at you on the label. So that... <laughs> That kind of cool, blasting through some uh, hop. Uh, hop jungle. Yeah, hop jungle. So, uh, I don't know. Never had this. Anybody had this brewery? No. Anybody no. familiar with this brewery? I, not so, not am I. So, this is all new for all of us. And uh, for our for our, our guests, you guys are going to go first. You're going to taste. You're not going to give us a number. You're going to tell us what you think. Honest opinion. Honest opinion. Straight like it, next like time it. around, you're going to give us a number, 1 through 10, 10 being best. Rayman over here will... Uh, Come up with our. They'll do the ciphering. They'll do the ciphering. <laughs> That's why I wear flip flops. <laughs> so there you go. Salute. 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 And to season uh, two. Mm-hmm. No, no, I tasted it and it tastes good. They're malt. They are not mic, so uh, uh, either we can. Uh, no, no, just malt. No, no, no. no, no. So yeah, tell us what tell us what you think about it. Like it, don't like it, whatever. It reminds me of a trip to Southeast Asia and uh, a lot of children that I saw there <laughs> drinking beer on the streets, and it just makes me feel like home. <laughs> it's delicious. That's why I try and write things for him so he doesn't have to go off the cuff. Uh, that's actually really damn good for an IPA. There's normally too much bitter for me, and this is kind of a nice. It's a, it's a rampaging elephant, it's but it's malt. it's a kind rampaging elephant who says please and thank you as he destroys your home. <laughs> I kind of like it. T-bone. Yeah, it's it's definitely very malt forward, both in your nose and on your tongue. Um, it's. It's still a, a tasty beer, not what I would have expected from from the description and from this rampaging elephant blasting through a jungle of hops. Maybe he was just whooshing past them rather than stuffing them into the beer. Um, but yeah, I mean, not what I was expecting at all, but it'll it'll drink, that's for damn sure. Yeah. So will I. Uh, I'm liking this, uh, and I do tend to like IPAs that have uh, a malt-forward sort of approach, as long as it's in balance, as long as there's enough hops to balance that sweetness. 
Uh, and I think this one does it nice. It's not going to appeal to everybody because uh, a lot of people like that, uh, you know, low malt, high hop uh, ratio. Uh, but this, I'm liking this a lot. It's, it's, and it's a really, whether you like it or not, as far as that goes, it's a well-made beer. I mean, they, they you know, these guys have uh, figured out, they've got a formula. It's working. It's a real good beer. It's a, uh, you know, we, we, we tend to like the IPAs here. Um, and like I said, it's it's not the... I think T-Bone said it's kind of a mal more malty than hoppy, uh, but it's it's like it's well made and it's a good taste and, and uh, it's I think it's a good balance um, compared to a lot of a lot of the IPAs we've had recently, um, but I think it's a really good balance and uh, I like it a lot. There you go. On a scale of one uh, one <laughs> scale of one to ten, ten being best. Malty forty. <laughs> Just blew the scale out of the water. I'm going to go eight. eight. I think that's an eight. Uh, seven. Hmm. I'm a seven and a half. I'm a seven and a half also. And, Since uh, I don't know how to factor his answer into the equation. <laughs> it, it's been null and void. We <laughs> <laughs> told him not to, not to turn his uh, test over you know, to, that, to the proctor spoke. That's that kid that like, <laughs> bubbled in all four. <laughs> He made a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got, man? We got a seven and a half. <laughs> All right. Thank you for cooperating at the end there. You were the make or break number. You're going to really screw with my brain. Peter, what are we eating with this? Uh, well, uh, on the homepage here of this uh, uh, brewery, they have their own suggestions. Superb with curries, gumbo, spicy Asian dishes. I'm not sure I'm buying any of that. Uh, this is a big, hearty beer with you know lots of malt and hops. I'm thinking you know uh, this is this is this is something you know serve with a steak, serve with the ribs. You serve it with. It's going to overwhelm any of those earlier courses. Uh, forget about fish unless you're doing just something with just crazy spices on it. Uh, it's just a big, big beer. Think of this as a, a cab sav. You know, in the wine category, um, that's where this goes. Uh, stews, um, you know, barbecue chicken, you know, big, big flavors. This is going to hold up to those flavors. Uh, curries, maybe, if they're, you know, lots and lots of flavor in it, you know, like beef curries and that type of thing, but uh, like Penang sort of deal. Right. Otherwise, this is just going to wipe out any of those other lighter flavors. Agreed. I, I, I can't. Uh, usually, I throw, I, I have some little uh, little <laughs> twists of some things, but I think you summed it all up there, brother. There you have it. Another edition of Brewski, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. That's Brewski, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Go there, join the beer month club. They'll send you a bunch of beer each month. And uh, you also have got uh, the show here, but uh, a, little, a couple pennies come our way when you, when you order with them. So uh, check them out. And of course, we'll be doing we'll be doing brewskies again next week at nine o'clock. Every week, nine o'clock, brewskies beer tasting. We're gonna take a quick break and come back and uh, talk to Anthony Davis. This here is Soulful City Sweetheart. I've never heard anything so sad. Back after this. My God, I never heard anything so sad.
Pearson from the B-52s for Rad. Getting drunk is your own business, but when you drive drunk, you make it everybody's business. Don't drink and drive. Be responsible, plan ahead, and choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives, and so should you. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. I'm Melissa. Kelly. And Gabby. We're We're Remy Kaga, and you're listening to Soup's World Radio. Back to Swoops World on the Talk Show Radio Network. Once again, I want to thank Chris Featheroff and Matt Godecker uh, for joining us. Uh, check them out at lafuzz.com, lafuzz.com. Pretty good comedy series there. It's, uh, like you said, it's, a, it's kind of a cross between a little Reno 911 and, and some, <laughs> some other crazy stuff. But uh, <clears throat> I think if, you, if you're in that, uh, in, you know, in that genre of uh, entertainment, you, you'll, uh, you'll totally like it. And you can, uh, I think the, uh, the trailer is on the bottom of... The page on swoopsworld.com. If you click on in the uh, post, it says Chris Featheroff on Swoopsworld Late Night. T Bone, yo, you're back in the house, and we were ta- chatting with you before we got started on the, uh, on the thing. There, we're going to be talking to AD in a few minutes, but uh, uh, you, you checked out the, the chemistry, and uh, you, you said it was your second Monday of the week. What else has been happening, man? Well, let's see here. I see your uh, I see your Cornhuskers are looking pretty good. Yeah, they're looking all right. They t- they took the Saturday off. They had a bye. Yeah. And uh, over the course of not playing on Saturday and having three teams ranked ahead of them lose, they dropped three spots in the latest playoff ranking that came out yesterday. Not, they didn't go from 13th to 10. They went from 13th to 16th. <laughs> well, so three teams that lost 
that were ranked above them all stayed above them. And three teams that were lower than them and have more losses leapfrogged them. So I don't know, man. This 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 new playoff committee thing, I'm... Well, it's, 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 it's kind of weird. We'll probably talk to AD a little bit about that, too. But because... Uh, Florida State still undefeated. Yeah, and uh, they, they dropped. They, they dropped got, to third mm-hmm. behind Oregon, who still has one loss. Uh, I mean, and they both won uh, last week. I, I, it's it's odd. It's it's an odd, uh, you know, subjective decision making process. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Well, you guys ready to give AD a call? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Let's give AD a call. See what's happening. Da 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 da. Ready here in case he uh, likes to pick it up in time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ring it? It's not ringing. It's connecting. Good evening. Hey, what's happening, AD? Doing okay. Well, it's, it's always good to have a chance to chat with you. Uh, I was uh, getting ready to tell the fellas here. Uh, I'm driving down the freeway today, uh, the 110 freeway uh, near the Staples Center, and I look up and I see a big billboard that says Anthony Davis, five-time national champion. Uh, it talks about your your game against Notre Dame, six touchdowns. 382 yards, and then as I pass by, I see another one, man. What's going on there? You're you're, you're, you're up in lights? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's an honor. I didn't expect all of that, but I had had an inkling that something was going to happen, but I didn't expect it like that. I haven't even seen the billboards other than I saw on picture, but I haven't seen it physically yet. So I think it's an honor what what has happened with uh, Regency and and uh, I don't know. That was real. That, that's real nice. It's, it's just really uh, a thing that it honors what I did with my teammates. You know, something that has been that stood for forty years and never been duplicated. And uh, and I always thought that as years go by, somebody would do that and break that, but it still stands. So I guess it's a t- testament of our hard work and the timing of what we did in those years. And, of course, you know, the 72 team was considered the greatest team of all time and uh, the kind of players we had there. The skill position guys can play today. That's how good we were. It's, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the picture. I took of it right now. It says uh, 1972 USC versus Notre Dame. Six touchdowns, 368 yards. Uh, it, it's, it's a really nice-looking billboard. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool that they've uh, – that somebody chose to uh, to represent you like that, man. That's very, very nice. Well, I'm really honored. I'm, I'm honored that uh, I've touched people like that. And uh, and I, I ran into a guy today who saw the board himself, and he says, I was at that game, and I thought you could have scored eight, and you could have had way over uh, 400 yards in total total offense because they took you out. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, uh, yeah, that could have happened, but, you know, we be respectful. We really need want to, I guess, he didn't really want to really dig it in and really truly bury him. But we did, we, we did the damage. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, since we're talking about college football, let's talk about what's been happening uh, to, uh, this week. Uh, you know, we were just chatting during the break about the, you know, the, 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 the way they come up with these rankings. And, and like T-Bone was saying, uh, 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 Nebraska, Nebraska had the week off. Uh, three three teams above them above uh, them uh, lost and and they still dropped in the rankings. Uh, Florida State won and uh, they've they're undefeated all season. Uh, Oregon State, I mean Oregon, has a loss and they moved Oregon ahead of Florida State. I, I don't know how they uh, how they come up with these decisions. First of all, first of all, I disagree with that. But they can do whatever they want. They can try to shuffle the board wherever they want. And I know you both agree in the fact that like we talked earlier in a year. And it's going to be a shuffleboard to the end. I mean, and, and I don't know their logic about Alabama or Florida State. I mean, these are the these are criminal, you know, the premier powerhouses in college football. You know, uh, Florida State, the ACC, and, and you got Alabama and the SEC. And, of course, you know, everybody's hyping everybody and this and that, and, you know, and uh, TCU and Oregon. Well, you know, as far as, as far as I'm concerned, Oregon showed great promise in terms of what they want to do. In this particular situation, but to me, in my opinion, they're still flaky. Until they won that trophy, until they won that national title, then they can't talk and they can't say anything. And everything's major on winning. So I don't know how they're going to rank these guys. And I can tell you, they've they got three more games, four more games. Yeah. That thing's going to change again. And so, like we said, you've got so many one-loss teams now. How do you justify any putting anybody in top four? That's why you got to have a full-place playoff. I'm going to keep saying that. You know, and and everybody agree, and everybody, and I don't care how these guys try to, you know, rationalize out how it should. Hey, you need a full fledged playoff. It's not. He's never going to solve anything unless you have a serious playoff. You they still don't have it right. They're not going to get it right. How can you? How can you drop Florida State and drop teams when they, when other teams are losing and they're winning? Right. That doesn't make any sense. That's crazy. That's ludicrous. And how are you going to have a, 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 a staff of people pick these teams where you know there's some bias in, in their decision-making? And, and it, is, it is not fair. It's not diplomatically fair for, 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 for them to do to judge any teams and how they perform without a serious playoff system. It's not going to work. It's, it's, and like you said, some teams mature. Some guys, some teams stand still. Sometimes they stymie themselves in their offense and the defense to play. It's like the pros. I mean, you, you know, some guys, some teams finish strong, some teams will finish weak, depending on what they're playing and where they're playing. Right. And the same thing with Division One football now. you got to figure it out. And the only way you can do it, you, you, you seat up the conferences, all the conferences, and then, and, then, and then you go from there. That's the only way you can do it. Each week, uh, each week we, we we watch these we watch these teams play, and uh, you know, like you said, everybody everybody kind of has their own opinion of what what happened over the weekend and and what teams look like what and, and uh, what 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 we expect to, to come out when they talk about uh, these rankings the following week. It seems to be it doesn't compute. It doesn't compute. And you know, like we were saying, there are teams that are. Teams that are losing, uh, remaining high in the th- rankings. Teams that haven't lost are dropping in the rankings. It, it, I mean, I don't know how they make these decisions. And like you said, there's got to be some kind of bias involved. But uh, you th- you think they'd have a system where the average person can understand at least why they're making the decisions they're making? 
Well, but but but, 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 but you can't you, even if these were you know leave these people are legitimately thinking properly, they still can't make decisions, right? Because of the way it's set up. Now, how, now how can you put? How can you dismiss Florida State? And you know, you know a lot of that stuff because of Jameis Winston. What's going on with him? It's personal, and then and then and they're not even looking at the scope of football. Forget what he did off the field. What he does in the football field, he's the best in the nation. And today, not getting knocked off, they're the best in the nation. And even if they had a one loss, they still be best in the nation based on where it is now because you got a playoff system. You got some simulation, some simulation of a playoff. But to dismiss to dismiss these guys, that's insane. You know, it's interesting you bring that up. Uh, you know, we, we, you and I have talked before about uh, some of the, uh, and I've mentioned some of the announcers on the, on, the, uh, on these games. And the thing I'm hearing consistently uh, on, the, on the Florida State games, every time I watch them play, is it, sometime during the, during the game, the announcer's going to say, they aren't the team they were last year. Well, last year they were this, and last year they were that. And you know what? They very well might not be, but they're still undefeated. And they're still winning games, and they're still, uh, you know, they're still putting up some numbers. Um, and I and I, it sounds like that they're they're trying to steer that that conversation to uh, to you know to, to move them down in the rankings because they're not as dominant as they were the year before. For the bottom line, they can say whatever they want. Jameis Winston got one more year; he's better. <laughs> he's better. He's better. You know how he's even better now. And since he's ahead of that, he's ahead of the snake of that offense. But, and these guys are just rational. They have these cats and they were playing the game. Anyway, a lot of these guys just running their mouths, trying to trying to fill up time on television and radio. The bottom line is, you can say whatever you want. You can say, well, you know, they're not what they used to be. They're not, forget all of that. Until they get beat, as long as they keep winning and they're undefeated, you can't sit around and talk about that kind of crap. Especially the guys talking that never played the game. Right. And what and what shocks me, I hear guys talk who played the game on both levels. They end up sounding like the clowns that never that they never played. I mean, it's unbelievable what some of these people say, and they can't back up what they're saying. Well, how how do you back up? Have you been on the field, you know what they're doing. Especially a team, especially a team that's been winning. Period. Right. It doesn't matter. I mean, matter. You need to take a kudos off to James Woodson when he's on the field. If he starts slow and stop for some reason. He gets that pedal in the metal right when he starts racing that car down the road. He gets it. You might have made a left here, made a little right here, but at the end of the game, the last quarter, of that last quarter of that race, he's finishing that finish that cross that that finish line, winning. Until he gets beat decisively, until they stumble, then you can talk, but you can't talk long as you keep winning. Yeah, they might be off a little bit here, a little bit. So what? Everybody's a, every, you know, every, every year just from week to week, game to game, year to year, everything's gonna change. Right. It'd be boring if it's boring if, if you expect him to do <laughs> run. What do you want to do? Every game sixty three to nothing. I'm glad it's some adversity in the game because they're being tested all the time because they, they they're the champion. You know, the, you know, you know, these coordinators are trying to step up and play and, and coach the best. To their abilities because they are the championship. That's the pedigree of, of, of the national national champion. They are the champion. Well, that's one of, nah, the, the, one of the things that uh, I, I think they, 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 they the, these announcers that I'm talking about fail to take into consideration that most teams 
gear up. You know, when you're when you're playing the defending champions, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you came in last place in your division last year. You get kind of fired up to be playing the defending champions because you want to knock them off. You want to knock them off. I did the same thing in all sports, in all sports, and on every level. When you know you're going to play the last year's champion, uh, right? You know, you kind of you kind of bring your A game. And you absolutely, you absolutely, you absolutely right. I mean, it, it, there's something about the gentleman, you know, on the stage. You know, you measure your your program who you're playing playing against. You know, a Florida State or an Alabama. You, that's how you measure where you are and where you're going. I can see why these coaches try to give and do the best they can, but for you to try to knock a team, it's like it's like they're trying to knock your offense up in a booth. Where where are you getting all this information from? They're the best until somebody knocks them off. And even when they get knocked off, one is still there. Doesn't matter. <laughs> these guys who set up these systems, I don't know if they're smoking anything doing every day. What are you thinking about? Just keep your mouth shut and just go on and, and do the best commentation you can do. But I guess they got to feel the airtime. But, but I don't know what these guys think about. You know, come on. It's not one of their job requirements. <laughs> I, guess, I guess so. I mean, some of these guys, some of these guys have never picked up a ball in their life. And then some of them probably went to Lovell High School. Some just probably went to Pop Warner. Some probably just read a book or just studied the stuff. But, I mean, so you, you can't really be authority on the game unless you definitely know it, unless you're definitely a student of the game. And if you definitely, if you played on any level, but you can't really comment if you've never been there. And you just you can't do it. Let's, you know, there's so many variables. so many variables to stay on top. There's so many variables of being a winner. It's all kind of stuff: coaching, players, situations. You know, it's unbelievable. You know, it just it, it boggles my mind. And the thing that bothers me, like I, I could be on the street and I'll start telling people, you know, because I engage with people, and people tell me about, and I sort of say, and, and people sort of look at me and say, man, you know, you're out of your mind. I said, okay, what, what, how much, how many, how much football do you play? Oh, I just, you know, I played went to high school, and you know, I wasn't a starter. Well, how can you sit and talk to me about when I've been on all levels and performed on all levels? And you gonna tell me I don't know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I didn't sit and laugh. I mean, you, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. The kind of stuff that that you know us players, former players, get engaged with people on the street. Right. Like they're the second coming to the Lord in commentation and knowing the game. <laughs> and I got to a one guy said, listen, I might not know anything else. I might not know the real estate I'm in. I might not know about the film stuff I'm in. I might not know about the promotion or something. But there's one thing I do know. I do know the game of football and baseball. Because I was draft professional. Both, both of them. I know what I'm talking about. Well, you know, you might do that, AD, but you know, I'm just telling you, you know, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I even had a woman tell me I was a, a, a cool cool. <laughs> I said, uh, I said, well, how, how, I said how much have you had to drink? Oh, don't, don't worry, worry about my alcohol. I'm just telling you, you're not right. You're not right what you're saying. <laughs> well, you know, so, uh, you played in another year. You're not playing today. I said, let me tell you something. I said I match my ability with anybody today. I could play today's game. Okay, I had the I had the speed and ability to play today. You got that? It's it's a, it's, a, it's, 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 it's some player. It's still a lot of players that play different decades to play today. That's what makes them great. Yeah. Well, I don't think you can do that. I mean, you're, 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 you were all right. You're, you can't compete with these guys today. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. 
Keep sipping on that alcohol, my dear. <laughs> I want to. I want to ask you about somebody, and I'm sure you. I'm sure you remember him, and you, and you, and you saw him play. I, I was watching a, um, a football life this week, and it, the spotlight was on Earl Campbell, and I, I. I don't think I've ever seen somebody hit people so hard while carrying the football and the highlight films they were showing to him. I remember him playing. I remember, uh, you know, I remember, you know, watching him play, uh, you know, on TV and stuff like that. But uh, right. when you, when they, when they, when they string a bunch of these uh, highlight films all in a row, it's some amazing, some amazing stuff. He was a big guy. Yeah, he, he was a big guy. He was about five eleven, went about two thirty. And uh, but the thing is about about Earl, he took on he absorbed a lot of punishment. He gave it up, but he's paying for it today. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's, got, he's got great highlights. But I'm telling you, them highlights are great. But when at the end of the day, when you can't walk, and you got joint problems, hip problems, and I'm sure he has trauma at the head too, because he you know, he took on a lot of stuff. And I and I want I would like to see a brain scan on him because I can tell you it's some damage up there. He was and in just, a wheelchair for six years. He's back. He's back walking now. Um, you know, somewhat, but uh, they got him out of the wheelchair. It was it was an interesting story, right? Well, he paid the price for greatness. I mean, he was a great player, great runner, you know, Hall of Fame, whole whole deal. But the bottom line, you know, like I tell people, it's okay to do all that stuff, but what what's the end result that you come off that field? You know, like I like I've told everybody, you know, when you when you play on an after turf field, he he played on one probably the worst turf fields in the league when I played. That's Houston Astrodome. That's like panel concrete. And I can tell you that, you know, the shots he took and the shots he gave off, at the end of the day, you're going to pay for that. Yeah. I mean, it's a wonder, you know, that he's even alive. I mean, what he's taking. And I, 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 I was expected, when you play this game, it's a beautiful game, but it's a dangerous game. And what Earl, and what Earl did for the league and guys like him is monumental. And I hope they're taking care of. I'm sure they are. Somebody's taking care of him. But, but, but and, and that's the news to me from what you said. He was in a wheelchair for six years. That's unbelievable. I'm glad he's doing better. And I have, I know Earl. And uh, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna try to contact Earl. But uh, I know he's had joint problems because if he if he couldn't walk, that's one of the problems. Yeah. And I believe he's had I think he had, he had some uh, some type of I believe it was a spinal issue. Uh, nerve damage, but it, it, what it was was they said he probably had the spine. His doctor, the doctor who actually was able to get him out of the wheelchair, said what right. he had. He probably had he had it all of his life. He said he could right. have, he could have taken a hit in, in during those years of playing football uh, in the right spot there and would have been paralyzed. He said it was one of those things where it was never diagnosed, and then when they did diagnose a problem after he got out of football. They were diagnosing and treating the wrong things, and that's why he got. I mean, he, he even talked about you know thinking about killing himself at one point because of all the pain he was always in because of the the damage he had. And they said, uh, you know, the 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 the, the 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 beginning of it was something that was it was always always in him. Uh, like you said, he took a lot of hits and a lot of and he put out a lot of hits, so that, you know that that compounded it. But uh, the risk that, that he didn't even know about. And, then, and that's even dangerous there, and, and, and it escalates, and that's what happens. Yeah. A lot of guys are misdiagnosed, and it just escalates something else. I mean, and uh, and I think you know, and, and, and it's it's, ama it's amazing that the trauma that these guys go through, 
you know, whatever it is, it just escalates because of, of, of the game. Yeah. And when you get out, I mean, if you got something genetically wrong anyway, and you play this, that game, that, that game, it's going to escalate it. Trust me. Because I can tell you, the injury that Tony Romo has, I had the same injury, so it's very painful. I don't know how this guy's pain, and it's going to take one more shot for him that he's going to. And I can tell you, when he gets out the game, he's going to feel all of that stuff. He's going to feel all of that. And let me tell you, anybody puts a football helmet on their head has no escape. Everybody has some issue when you play the game of football on all the levels. Right. No one escapes that. No one escapes without being scathed some kind of way. And the longer you play, the more the damage. That's just that's the nature of the beast. That's it. Well, while we're while we're on the NFL, I want, I want to talk to you about a couple things. Uh, first is you have said over and over and over again, and you kind of beat it into us. It's all about the systems, and I think a, a prime example of that this week was Mark Sanchez uh, playing in the, under Rex Ryan system. Um, you know, the, the guy, he got him to the playoffs, but he was pretty much uh, put out to pasture, boot out of the stadium, this kind of stuff. Uh, playing under uh, Chip Kelly's system, the guy looks like, a, 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 you know, destined for the Hall of Fame. I mean, the, the game, he, the numbers he put up and the, and the game he played, I know it's one game, the game he played the other day, uh, it's like night and day from the last time we saw him play to, you know, he hadn't started in, what, a year and a half, two years. Uh, yeah. so it's kind of an amazing effort there. Well, here's the deal. You know, Mark Sanchez, like he's drafted fifth overall. He's got all the – I mean, he's set for life. I mean, you know, he signed another deal with the Jets before they released him, guaranteed money. Don't feel bad about his financial situation. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Sanchez is set for life. I think the guy's made $50 million while he's been in the game, or not more than that. I mean, yeah, he's made, he's made $50 million while he's been in the game, and more, $50 million plus. So don't feel sorry for that. But but it, but it deals with all players, especially with the quarterback. When you're a quarterback, he's already proven he can do what he was at SC because he, he he, he, you got to have people around you with the system. Well, Chip Kelly knows him from SC, and he played against him at SC. And he's watched him from afar with the Jets. So I'm just telling you that he has the pieces there, the run game, the pass game, and he just stepped in there when Foles got injured. And he is showing what he should have been doing in New York. And it varies from team to team. I went through the same thing. You know, if, 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 if you saw me what I did in the World Football League and playing against NFL players, that is the way I should have been played all through the NFL year and whatever. Never happened. I feel happy for Sanchez to be able to play in a system. And I hope he flourishes because of all the pieces again. He didn't have it with the Jets. And, and let me take a look. The Jets had pieces. They didn't know how to assemble them properly around him on top of it. And then when you bring it in, it becomes a show with Tebow and everybody else. And, and now it, it, it went from Vic, you know, Michael Vic, the same situation. You know, the cancer never changes up there. So they're going to need to change up in New York eventually. I'm, I'm sure they're going to do that. Right. You know. Because because if you don't if you're not in the right if you're not in the proper system, you're not gonna perform. And let me give you an example. You take Pete Carroll and I always come back to Pete Carroll and, and Bill Belichick. Those are my go to people when I talk about the NFL. Pete Carroll gets Marshall Lynch from Buffalo for two fifth round draft choices. He comes to Seattle and look what he does. 
system. He's one of the best backs in the league. He's probably the top five backs in the league. When he was at Buffalo, they were talking about he was a bust. Yeah. See, that's, see, that's, that's talking about system. Now, if you, if, if Tom, just for example, if Tom Brady come out of Michigan and goes to, uh, let's say, uh, the Miami Dolphins, he gets released. You don't hear about a Tom Brady. Since he went to Belichick, hey, wait a minute, this guy is smart. He's not mobile, but he's got an arm. And I just need to put him in the pieces. And that's what he did. And look, it's all history now. But if he's with the other team, you don't hear about him. Right. If, you, if you put certain players with Belichick or Pete Carroll, those, those types, they flourish. Because these guys analyze the talent versus what they have on the field and pieces around them. If they see what you have, they'll build the pieces around them. That's why you always know what a Belichick needs or what Pete Carroll needs. And then you, you talk and you talk about and you in and, and those particular coaches, Belichick got fired. <laughs> Pete Carroll got fired twice in himself. <laughs> Comes looking for and coach back in himself. He's running the show. Look what happened. That's the same Pete Carroll with, with the New England and the Jets. That's the same Belichick was with Cleveland guys with, with, with he was under Parcells. The same guy. Right. So everything's all about system. And, and, and the talent of a coach on any level is to be able to have, to be able to analyze his players and put his players in the right position, the pieces with a performing system that they can flourish in. That is the talent of a coach. And I want to educate these people I listen to tonight is that there's a lot of great players. If they're in the right system, will have rings on their hands right now. And, you, and you're listening to one. What? I want, the last thing I want to talk to you about is uh, on the defensive side of the field. I watched uh, – I've always been a big fan of this kid, but I watched him play this week, uh, uh, and he reminds me of some old-school uh, defensive uh, linebacker-type guys. And uh, Is that uh, Clay Matthews, man? This guy is – he was a beast in college. Uh, he's a guy – when he's not hurt, he seems to be getting better every year. Well, first of all, he comes from he comes from pedigree of the players. I played with his father. His father was a beast. His father was the number one draft choice in Atlanta Falcons. Played nineteen years, and he was just one of those kids who were overlooked. He, he, one of the kids who were overlooked, and and you can see what happens if you're in the right situation. Yeah. He was lucky to be able to come in that seat, walk on, do what he did, and he was under Pete Carroll, and Pete Carroll saw something, and look what happened. He became the top linebacker at SC. He can, he's fast, he's mobile, he's smart. And I'm telling you, but it's a lot of guys like that. But they don't have the opportunity. He's a monster. There's a lot of monsters out there. <laughs> but this guy, right situation in two places. He goes from SC, walks on, does well. Remember, he had to cut a grip with, with Clay Matthews. Then he goes to Green Bay. Come on. That's the ideal situation. And he's like, I told you so. He, didn't, he You know, he's a humble guy. But he says, I told you so. He's already said it. He's already told people. That he, and look, and just imagine the people who looked over him coming out of high school. Right. You see, the, what, what people don't want, what coaches don't want, is to see a guy like that flourish and to become something. Then they got to go high because I have no clue what talent's about. 
<laughs> and that happens all the time. That's the reason why sometimes you look at the NFL and stuff. Now, a lot of people, what they do is they see somebody that they think is not working, they're sitting and, and they send them to another, and they, they, they send them out of the conference. They trade, you know, they trade them out because they don't want to come back to harm them or get embarrassed. Well, just for example, remember Corey Dillon? Yeah. Cincinnati, they said he was a malcontent, said he couldn't play, he was, he was a washup. And what, what did they do? They sent him out, they sent him to, they, they, Belichick said, wait a minute, you getting rid of him? I'm getting him. What does he do in the Belichick system with Tom Brady? Rest is for 1,600 yards and a Super Bowl. <laughs> you, know how many, you know how the Bengals are feeling after that? You had a guy like that to help a team go to the Super Bowl, be the leading rusher in, in the AFC and the NFL that year, and get a ring. And they said he was a malcontent. Right. Just like they said about Marshall Lynch. Well, look what he did. The skittle-running beast. <laughs> what, 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 what is it about certain is it is it the coaches that these that certain players are able to to play for or they they have more respect for the coaches the coaches know how to deal with the so-called malcontents or is it just uh you know sometimes places are just a bad fit for somebody well you know it can be a combination of everything but the bottom line is it could be you know if if, if you were the coach and everybody's buying the system and everybody is motivated and doing well in the system, then everybody's on scene. He could be an asshole here. He could be an ass. He could be whatever it is. But if he has a system in place and everybody's in sync and the camaraderie's there, hey, you're going you're gonna to be a winner. Same thing with Pete. Look at all the people Pete has. You know, and look at all the people that Belichick's had. Look what he's done. They've always been there. They're always there with players that said everybody discarded said he couldn't play. That's what the Raiders used to do years ago, you know, when they were really focused on top. They should take guys in there, and they, and they win Super Bowls. Guys say, well, they can't play. Yeah. Look at all those guys. Al Zedo. Guys on parole, man. <laughs> huh? As half, the Raiders system, half the Raiders back in the day looked like the guys were on parole, man. They were getting paroled like from other, from other teams. Quentin. Yeah, yeah it looked like he came out of San Quentin, Devonsburg, <laughs> and all these <laughs> <laughs> the Raiders of the seventies and the, the early eighties, man, they were some they were some rough looking characters, but they were getting the job done. Well, I mean, when we play, was like they were gangsters of the NFL. That's weak. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they backed it up. I'm telling you, that Jack Tatum, that Skip Thomas, and you know, oh, yeah. those guys. I'm telling you, those guys uh, could hit you, and they could play and cover. And I played with Skip Thomas at USC, so I know what he was about. Yeah. And, you know, you got Charlie Phillips, you know, who another was another beast. So, I mean, it was, it was a proof in the pudding with them guys. So I'm just saying, so guys who flourish, and in fact, frankly, I'm saying yeah, the, the Buffalo Bill organization should be embarrassed if I was in about Marshall Lynch. See, that's embarrassing. Here's a guy that said they couldn't play. He's traded for five, fifth round. And you show how Pete knows talent. Look what happens. Look at look at people Russell Wilson. Yeah. If Russell Wilson is with somebody else, he doesn't do what he does up in Seattle. I mean, you can show flashes of, but who who said he come out of North Carolina, go to Seattle, and here's a guy that had that was ahead of him. And Pete says, "Hey, this guy's a better than two. Then two years, then two years that he won the Super Bowl. Through third year in the league, he wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's monumental." And, in, in, in since, and, since we're, and since we're judged on our championships, well, he's already got one. 
Peyton Manning ain't got but one. He played, what, 17 years, 16 years? He got one. I don't care about all that stuff in between. You can set the record saying, well, hey, if, 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 if your offense is dominated by one man, and see, my criticism of Peyton is this. It's too much Peyton. And when he gets in trouble, he can't go to the run game because they don't work the run game. And he just, the run game is an offset in their offense. It's, it, it's not a blend of, of what they do. Well, let, me well, ask, the, let yeah. me ask you this. Is it fair to criticize Peyton for that, or should you be criticizing Elway for not bringing him, him, bringing him somebody in there and he can hand the ball off to? Well, well, there we go again. It's all system. You see, it's all system. And what Pete Carroll did with Cage, when you cage Peyton Manning and you get in his face, you control the game. And that's what they did. If you notice, when anybody gets in, 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 in Manning's face, Give me wrong, he's a great quarterback and does everything, a lot of stuff. But he got to have a run game in the National Football League. The same thing happened with, 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 with Elway when he was gone. They went to four Super, but they never won anything until they got Terrell Davis. Until Shanahan came in there and did a balance. That's why they won the Super Bowl. Remember that? Okay. Yeah, I, I hate to give Shanahan credit for anything, but I'll give you that. But Who's that? <laughs> my point is, uh, if if Elway Elway should know that, right? So shouldn't he be shouldn't he be building this team, especially <laughs> Peyton? Peyton doesn't have any years left. They've drafted running no. backs and and signed running backs the last few years, and they picked up Monty Ball out of Wisconsin, and he's been an absolute bust. bust yeah, the guy who fumbled well, three, he, three he, times he, his he, entire college career has fumbled. Yeah, but check this out. He's a bust because of what? what? He's a bust because of what? Is he a bust because of he ain't capable? Is he a bust because systematically they don't involve him? So you got you got to break it down. Systematically, he drops the ball on the ground. That's I don't know that. I mean, I think he's he's a talented running back. I don't know what he's got the yips or something. It's a mental thing. It seems like with him because, like I said, he carried the ball thirty times a game in college. He fumbled like three times his entire college career. And he's fumbled at least six times in two years in the NFL. I don't. And let, me say this, let, me say, let, me say, let me say this to you: If he was with, if he was with Chip Kelly or Pete Carroll or the Patriots, he flourishes in their systems. And that's what happened with Adrian James with with, with Indianapolis Colts when he was Peyton too. Same thing. He was stifled just like that. You know, he didn't have the fumbling problem, but he was still stifled. And they only won one championship. On a rainy day, went out there, and, 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 and I believe is what, what I believe is the conditions weren't were were, uh, were better. I believe Chicago wins that Super Bowl, but I'm just saying that those, in my opinion, in football opinion, if he's with those three organizations, he flourishes. But see, he's so he's so dominated with 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 pass, pass, pass. There's no balance of the run in there, and and, and you, you just you. He's just not clicking. He's not clicking in Denver's offense. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because of I know how the, how, how dictative the Denver offense is with 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 Peyton Manning and his whole history. I mean, his his brother in New York had more balance than than he has when he was playing, and his boy got two Super Bowls. And then you got Carl Tummy. So, you know, another people probably said, well, "What is Anthony Davis coming?" You know, I'm telling you. That's why I've studied, I've seen it, and I've heard other pros of guys that I've talked to say the same thing. And John Edwards should know better the fact that he went through the same thing when he was playing. And so they got Terrell Davis and Shanahan there. Remember Shanahan and Terrell Davis? 
you found a blend to Super Bowls later. <laughs> well, AD, as always, it's a great time talking to you, brother, and uh, we're going to let you go, we, and we will uh, we'll, uh, monitor what's happening this weekend with uh, the, the NFL and the, and the NCAA football and uh, anything else happening in sports. We'll have a lot to chat about next week. Well, you got see tomorrow. And you got Cal, that could be a shootout. That could be a big time shootout tomorrow. You, I just don't, I mean, where I, what I am, my attitude is now, with college, especially with college football, on any given day. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even predict anything anymore. I've stopped doing that because you just never know. The parity is so close and stuff. Everybody was saying Arizona State don't. So that's all I have to say, man. It was a pleasure talking to you guys tonight. As always, brother. And we'll we'll, uh, we'll be chatting during the week, man. Hey, take care. Thank you. Anthony Davis. We're going to take a quick break. Listen to some Sarah Douglas. This is called Jenny's Song. Back after this. She would watch him play Now she's outside the Greyhound station Just got to L.A. Another dream gonna be a star Don't get in her way It's in our heart and our mind is made up Jenny's here to stay
Hi, I'm Rebecca Romaine. As a former model, I used to walk runways all over the world. Paris, Milan, New York. This is Salif Diara. As a local health worker, he walks the pathways of his village in Mali, West Africa, every day to help treat severely ill children. Like many children in the developing world, those in Salif's village are threatened by common illnesses that kill millions worldwide. But unlike villages without a local health worker, the children in Salif's village get the care they need to survive. And even though you can't walk in his shoes, you can help him with his work. Help one, save many. See where the good goes at goodgoes.org and find out all the ways you can help get the good where it needs to go. Brought to you by Save the Children and the Ad Council. My name is Joe Thompson. I'm 29, and thanks to my college degree, I'm a systems analyst. And the college me would tell you. I wouldn't be here without Big Brothers Big Sisters. My big brother believed in me, and to a seven-year-old... That means a lot. My big brother's name is Phil, and Phil is the reason that this seven-year-old grows up to be a systems analyst. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Talk Story Radio. Hi, I'm Angela Madsen, and I row across oceans, and I've really enjoyed being a guest here at Swoops World. Thanks for having me. the talk show on the network. I want to thank uh, God, Chris Federoff and Matt Godecker, as well as Anthony Davis, for the first part of the show. We're going to be moving into T-Bone's timeout here shortly, but first I've got a little few things to take care of, like DraftKings, Matt. All righty. You're already on swoopsworld.com. Take a look over on the right side of the page. You know, there's going to be a dollar sign, and then a two, and a zero, and a whole crap load more zeros after it. And then it's going to say guaranteed. Now, you're not guaranteed to win that, personally. But you get entered for free into a contest to give away that amount of money guaranteed. And that's courtesy of DraftKings.com. Your one-stop shop for one week at a time fantasy sports. Whether it be football, basketball, whatever. If you want to do fantasy curling one week at a time, it's probably there too. The internet's a beautiful place. The, 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 the cream ideas rise to the top. And uh, if you go to swoopsworld.com slash DraftKings, you get entered for free into this big money giveaway. You get to pick a team, let them play it out for a week, and then you get to shake the Etch-A-Sketch, start all over, and play a new team again the next week. So it is the best way to have the best and most fun uh, in your fantasy sports experience and do it without getting stuck with a crappy team and having to trade and uh, fight over scraps for the rest of the season. Like this week, who did I try to pick up off the waiver wire? Uh, you should have picked up Max Sanchez. You know, I thought about it. Somebody beat me to the punch on that one, and I thought, he's not going to do anything anyway. It's fine. I did have, I do have one little success story from the waiver wire. Last week, though, I picked up Martavis Bryant, I believe. Kid for the Steelers. 
They just they just activated him like week six. He's played four games. He's got like seven touchdowns, wide receiver. Uh, kid just he, he and Big Ben are clicking, and uh, I I had like my. This is my I'm gonna I'm gonna hang my star on that one. That's the one good thing I've done this season in fantasy football. So if you want to have a good week every week rather than like one good moment for the season, go to swoopsworld.com slash draftkings and pick new guys whenever you damn well please. It's a lot more fun that way. <laughs> it's a humbling season for me. Humbling. Humbling, exactly. Audible.com, man. <laughs> Audible.com. Well, uh, we've talked about this a few times here, obviously. Yeah, Audible.com <laughs> is a, a great way to listen to books. Uh, why would you listen to books? You know, that seems to be the hurdle. Uh, and believe me, I've, I've come up with all kinds of good reasons. Uh, travel on a plane, uh, trying out your kids, entertain your kids. You're on the treadmill. And in my case recently, because I moved, you're unpacking. You know, And you're just doing that mindless task. You might as well... Get a book in. So uh, audible.com is a great way to do that. There's 150,000 titles. There's new ones every day. Um, they get a lot of great talent uh, for a lot of your favorite books, old ones, new ones. Uh, and there really seems to be put a big push on the newer books, the new releases. Like It seems like as soon as a new book comes out, especially a big hit, they've got some talented person or multiple people, the whole cast uh, – Producing that book. Audible.com is the way to go. If you go to the uh, Audible trial, <laughs> audibletrial.com forward slash world, then uh, that will take you straight there uh, to the, the page. If you go that route or click on the banner ad on Swoops World page, uh, you'll get your first download for free. Uh, and then, you know, we'll earn a few pennies that way. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's a, a very, if you're a reader and there's always that time where you, you just could be doing something, what are you up to now? Like the 12th Jack Reacher uh, novel? No, I'm on, uh, <laughs> I'm on number 16. Yeah, 16? No, no, number 15, number 15. Oh my yeah. goodness. I, uh, I, uh, I had some extra credits. Uh, uh, so enough. And some extra I, hours in the day, <laughs> huh? You know what, I, I ride my bike a lot. So, I know. Uh, I, 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 that's what I'm saying. Finished, uh, You'd be amazed once you've paid for it. Yeah. Like uh, so, my most recent download was uh, uh, Ken Follett. Uh, he's got this whole century um, called the Century Trilogy, and I'm not gonna bore you. But if you guys, if, if people out there liked, say, Downton Abbey or The Good Soldier, uh, one of my favorite books, The Good Soldier. Um, if you like that kind of stuff, this is. Just the first book, which thank goodness was a credit. <laughs> thirty hours. Thirty hours. It's 30 that's hours. right up my alley. That's man. the first <laughs> book. First like book. That. Thirty and hours. So. I don't get. I. That's why like my Jack Reacher things are out of order because like I always go. I always lean towards the ones that are the longest, like 16, <laughs> 16 hours opposed to twelve hours. You know, it's like. But a thirty-hour book, man, I'm all over that. Oh, see, I and <laughs> the one before that was. Uh, that's how I got it. That's how I got it because. Uh, uh, the Good Soldier is a book I read like years and years ago, and I got like, I don't know how I was like, oh, I'll listen to that again. It's only seven hours. It's a really short book, so it's only seven hours, eight hours maybe. Uh, finished it almost one day of unpacking, and then when you do that, you get that sort of like because you bought this, you might like that. Right. So I was like, and I did the, you know, I clicked on it, and I'm like, oh, that, that sounds good. So 
I, you know, I spent a credit on the eight-hour book that led me to the 30-hour book, exactly. Of which there are two more <laughs> installments, each of which are longer. No, that's awesome. So, you know, I'm hooked. At least at least now, I'm only uh, maybe not even a third into it. And it's it's like one of, it's, it, it, again, doing like those long, big, big Dostoevsky, Dostoevsky, however yeah. you say that. Uh, you know, whatever, you know what I'm saying, man. Those long, meandering, cool, interesting, character-driven books. Anyway, they got they got something for everybody. Check it out. Go to the Switch Online. You know what I want to see if they have is a, a collector. Oh, by Fowles. Yeah, that would be that's good. That's a good book, man. Yeah, I almost. You loaned me that book. Yeah, I did. That was a good book. Yeah, yeah. You ever read that? No. Oh, man. It's good. creepy. Creepy. <laughs> creepy but good. Nice. Yeah, definitely a good one. So, anyhow, uh, Audible Trial. Dot com. Dot com forward slash Soup's World. Or get just you click your. Click an audible trial Which is a whole lot page. easier way to do it. And that'll get you, like I said, it'll get you your first book free. And they don't limit. So if you want to get that 30-hour book free, go for it. Knock it out. So check it out. Mm-hmm. Hey, for all your fitness needs, and you're especially if you're in the city of Long Beach or close by, check out our good friend Jack Nunn over at Rowworks Fitness, R-O-W-O-R-X. Indoor rowing, boot camp, personal training, much, much more. Does a lot of training for triathlons. He competes in triathlons and all kinds of, and you name your sport, he can get you fit for it. 5750 Boathouse Lane, right here in Long Beach, 90803, com. Give him a call at 562-688-1716. Let him know this. Who's real since your first week is free. Where to bike Orange County? Where to bike Orange County is part of a travel series of which I wrote, obviously, the Orange County part. Uh, covers the best 85 rides in Orange County. Uh, 50 of those are adult rides. The other 30-something are kid rides that are totally safe for your little one to crash and burn as they figure out how to navigate that two-wheeled little machine. When you're ready to move on to those longer rides, everything they, they've got there's everything in the book for from the very casual four or five mile ride with lots of things to do to the much more challenging 50 miler. Every ride has a uh, uh, an accurate ride log, map, things to do, places to stop, a little bit of history, and it all ties in with a very useful uh, companion app, uh, which taps into your Google Maps. So. Uh, where to bike Orange County? Uh, you can purchase it at, uh, it, you know, it's a tool, man, to go in. And my kids ask it, and so it's like, we were, we were at Barnes and Noble. I was like, it's really cool to go over and walk over and go, where's my book? <laughs> find it. We did. It was in Barnes and Noble. There are only one copies left there in the. Uh, in the travel section. In the travel section, yeah. yep. In, in Barnes and Noble, at least. Uh, so it was kind of cool. And my kids, it's been far enough removed that, like, they've kind of forgotten it. So I was like, yeah. Is that the one where we did? Yeah. It's like, look, you're in the book. <laughs> and you're on the shelf. Look, And for you to, to take that one there, you have to pay for it. That was <laughs> cool. It was cool. It was kind of cool. Anyhow, Barnes & Noble uh, in the uh, Long Beach and Orange County area, as well as the REIs yes. and uh, local bike shops. I, yeah. well, go ahead. I see it in the REIs, and I want you to know this, man. I see in the REIs. I'll walk in the REI one day, and I'll see three or four, right? Then I'll go to REI, you know, a month later, and there's only one there. And then I'll go back to the REI a few months later, and there's like eight there. So they're they're selling, and they're 
Shipping them back in. Slowly but surely, it's happening. Uh, and of course, uh, you can go to the Swoosh World homepage, uh, click through the ad there, the banner ad there. That will take you to Amazon, and they'll deliver it right to your doorstep. If you go that route, uh, Swoosh World will earn a few pennies along the way. So check it out. Where to bike, Orange County. Nice. And definitely, you should definitely get it because uh, I read a disturbing thing the other day that said uh, California leads the nation, followed closely behind uh, by Florida, uh, for uh, bicycle versus uh, vehicle fe- uh, deaths. So uh, Peter has already mapped out the safest routes for you. I have, at least in Orange County. In Orange County. <laughs> so uh, get that book and, and stay stay upright. Stay in fact, there's whole places I just excluded because it wasn't yeah, safe. You talking yeah, about yeah. when you were writing it. You're like... I said, did you write there? You go, yeah, but that's sketchy. <laughs> yeah. There's certain areas that just aren't. You know? But all that being said is Orange County is also, uh, it, it is one of the more friendly places to ride your bike, if taken as a whole. But there are definitely parts that you you should avoid uh, yeah, on, a, on a bike, at least. Um, Laguna on, L- yeah. on uh, PCH. Yeah. Or, God forbid, uh, the canyon there, man. The yeah. canyon. It's even, oh, that's, sometimes I've ridden that. I mean, sometimes that. You mean the one that takes you down, down the PCH from like the. That, from the 405, yeah. Four, yeah. Uh, Laguna Canyon. Laguna Road. The 133. 133, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. There are points. I've ridden that a few times. And uh, there are times where, like, the road is two lanes wide, but the bike lane is. It's it's like maybe a foot wide, and then where, where it ends is just dirt and gravel, and and it, and it kind of winds, right? It winds, and, Let me tell and you, people I, drive that like complete ass. Having gone yeah. down on a yeah. windy road and the, hit the ground, Wine corners, yeah. The, all you could do, all you could think of is getting your ass out of the road before yeah. somebody comes around there, and it just cleans your clock for you. Yeah, that that road in particular, that's like the roads where I grew up. So this is why I don't ride bikes. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, oh yeah, because I, I grew up like. No, you yeah, ride you yeah. ride bikes on that shit. You get killed. In places like that, where the roads are like that, you need to mountain bike. You need to yeah. be on trails because yeah. being on roads is not. Yeah, a, bikes not uh, bikes on roads as a means of transportation <laughs> was just laughable to me. Oh yeah. Like we had kids that rode bikes to to high school, and I was like, dude, where do you live? And they're like, right there. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> All right, uh, I get it. I ride mine every day, and uh, let me tell you, there are some times like. Uh, like yesterday, you guys, it was yesterday when you guys had the day off, right? Uh-huh. So I didn't have to deal with all the Millican High School parental drop-offs. And half the traffic, that there's a street I ride called Los Coyotes Road for, for people who don't know the area. And when it goes, you know, from, I don't know, Clark to Spring, uh, you know, you go pe- past a 405 on ramp and there's double le- right turn lanes and double left turn lanes and... You know, during uh, during the morning, it's kind of it's kind of hair. You know, it's you know it's scary out there sometimes. I but bet. Uh, I bet. You know, it's also it's also an adrenaline rush and <laughs> sipping adrenaline junkie. Uh, it kind of works out for me at times. <laughs> T-Bone, you about ready? Yeah. Let's do this. Uh, you know that sound? It's time for sports with T-Bone's timeout, or as we say it here, it's T-Bone. Time out.
my goodness, it's another week in sports and, you know, that other stuff we call life. Uh, I got to tell you, man, this was a weird weekend for me. Real you quick, know. give a shout out to Stacy in the chat room. Stacy! What's happening? I can't get in the chat room this minute. It's going to take me a while. Maybe, maybe. What the fuck? that shower there. Stacy, I feel like I got an Instagram uh, like from you this weekend or yesterday. Did you like something of mine on Instagram yesterday, Stacy? I was on Instagram yesterday, which is a rarity. So. It is a rarity. Every once in a while I pop in there and I go, was here? <laughs> <laughs> Same with Facebook. Oh, I sent a Snapchat here. yesterday, too. I don't even know how to do that. Uh, it's okay. Does it all day long. You don't want to know. Yeah. It's all right, though. As long as he's using it responsibly. Yeah, of course. He's a responsible kid. You only, pay, you only take pictures of, you know. Don't want to know. Uh, I actually took an awesome picture yesterday on the Snapchat business, though, because we walked in the Buffalo Exchange yesterday because that's how it was just a lazy day, like wandering around. And they had a whole rack of blouses, and the little sign on the, on the top of the rack said blouses. And when you do Snapchat, you can take pictures and then write on the screen with your finger, right on top of the picture. And so I took a picture of this sign that said blouses. And I don't know if you guys ever saw the Chappelle show, uh, Charlie Murphy, True Hollywood Stories. Yes. Prince <laughs> episode where he plays basketball against Prince. Um, but apparently Prince is a good basketball player and he kicks the shit out of Charlie Murphy and his buddies. And at the end of the game, he goes, game blouses <laughs> and so I, I had a lot of fun with that little sign that said blouses and I wrote game above it period blouses this is this is what the internet has done to everything yes destroyed it all Lowest but yeah really super mind. super LCD right <laughs> um, but yeah this was a weird weekend man I uh, I didn't watch a lot of football on Saturday because I didn't, no. Um, Were you sick, ill, injured? I was... Incapacitated. Not really, no. Uh, no, Nebraska had a bye on Saturday. The Chargers had a bye on Sunday. So I watched some the games. Chargers needed a bye on Sunday. Both of those teams needed a bye, man. Chargers really needed a bye. They lost three in a row after winning five in a row. Uh, Trying to sound like my old Raiders. Yeah. Eight and oh, first half of the season. Eight and eight, but it's easy <laughs> And I, I hope that's not in their future, but, I mean, they lost their starting center in week one. You know, they've lost just, you know, Matthews broke something again, tweaked his knee or whatever. The guy is incapable of being healthy for an entire season. Uh, you know, they, they, had, they had the bad timing of having their two starting corners and one of their safeties go out injured the, the week of their game against the Broncos, which, hey, if you want to have three good DBs go down right before playing Peyton Manning, see how that's going <laughs> to work out. Good timing, for sure. And, you know, they probably weren't going to win that game with healthy guys, but it would have been a little bit more competitive. Uh, Usually, as long as Rivers can get a hit, what's his name? Uh, God, what's the guy that the tight end? Gates. Yeah, but yeah. then their last game was against the Dolphins, and they lost 37 
to zero. I didn't watch that one. You know, I was busy contemplating where I was going to spend the rest of my life slash money. Um, <laughs> that was the wedding venue exploration weekend, the weekend nice. before. Yeah. So I, I actually didn't think I could have had less fun going into that morning. And then I realized that if I had stayed home and watched the Chargers game last weekend, you know, the weekend before last, I really would have had a terrible time. So uh, this weekend it was kind of just like, ah, there's some games on, but I'm going to be drinking and wandering around and doing laundry and whatever, man. It was it was liberating in some sense. A little bit domesticating, though, too. A little bit? I did some cleaning, <laughs> yeah. house cleaning, man. I feel, like, I feel like we should be able to pay someone to do that for us now. This is you a modern can. society, right? Yeah, what's that, what's, what's that like? <laughs> what's that like getting to pay a maid? Oh, man. Run around making sure things are clean enough for the cleaning lady to come in. Oh, no, man. I, if I ever, if I ever pay someone to come clean the house, I am not doing any pre-cleaning. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what you think and it then is. You're going, oh, should I need to put this away? Because I don't know. I, I, do we run a record? I will only hide things that are illegal, and I keep less and less illegal contraband in my house with each passing day. So you know, there's that. I just realized that uh, I think Peter is single-handedly keeping Brooks Saddles in business. Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to buy more bikes. Get more saddles. <laughs> I see six just in here. There's five in here. Three. Oh, you're right. You're right. Five. Yeah. Sorry, I just assumed on that last one I had to turn my head really far. But there's one over here in the cupboard that... Two in the cupboard. Oh, oh my goodness. waiting for bikes. Oh, I like that. So you... you <laughs> You, I just, like the thought of that. you yeah, just need I, more bicycles. That's your, to, that's your problem. To, I read a little that's amazing. Blurb, I read a little blurb on Robin Williams uh, in one of the bicycling magazines. And, uh, was he a cyclist? Yeah. He was, I don't know if he was a cyclist. He was a big-time cyclist. He was friends with uh, one of the professional guys. They went to high school together. Oh, yeah. And they that. said at one point in time, Robin Williams had 60 bikes. And um, they said, you know, the person who wrote the article was, I don't know what he had at the time of his death. But I know, like a couple years before that, he owned 60 bikes. And he said, you know, and he goes, I would see him at all these different rides up in <laughs> southern, uh, Northern California. Yeah. And he goes, and he goes, I've seen him on this bike, I've seen him on that bike, I've seen him on this bike, I've seen him on this bike. He goes, you know, he wasn't really loyal to any specific brand of bike. He bought what he liked and right. he rode it. And he said he rode, he rode, he rode them all. Right? I did not know that. That, I mean, I've always been a Robin Williams fan. No, that, that's what I felt about it. I've always liked the guy, but now I You might have a few more notches. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> well, you know, I wish I... I really do wish I shared you guys' enthusiasm for the bikes. I do. <laughs> Sometimes I just wish I had something to contribute to the conversation, you know? I, I don't have anything to contribute to the conversation. Okay. Um, I don't want to know anything about fantasy, fantasy sports. <laughs> clearly, neither do I. <laughs> you know how to play. get on, get in, play. <laughs> Come on, man. You know more about the internet than most kids 10 years younger than me. Yeah, but I never clicked. I never, I never tried to... You know what? When I first was interested in fantasy football, which was very fleeting, you Googled it, was it. For like one or two, and then you got lost in the links. It was all about you had to get with a group of people. You had draft day, and I'm like, I ain't got time for this shit. DraftKings.com. 
15 second up, baby. <laughs> no, I don't have the money for it. <laughs> yeah, that part. I play the free leagues, man. These guys always, like, okay, a couple of my coworkers always want to do, oh, $20 this week to do the pick em, the NFL pick em. I'm like, want me to pay $20? <laughs> no. It just, gambling on this stuff doesn't appeal to me at all. It really doesn't. Like, if I win, I can gloat and be like, yeah, I beat your ass. If I lose, I don't lose any money. I'm pretty cool with that arrangement. <laughs> the whole, I give you $20 sight unseen and hopefully get something back later. Eh, maybe I'll just take my chances in the stock market someday because I feel like I have a better chance with that than I do with football. I spend so many, so much money on soccer games because, you know, you got to give them Dollar to the bucket, everything like goals scored and all this sort of thing. My kids, you know team, what? Kids team went on a you rampage. You should adopt one of my kids, <laughs> especially my daughter. You won't have to pay double. You would have probably had to pay like three dollars all season. <laughs> I love for those days. <laughs> Freaking kids have gone on rampages the last few times. It's like, and they actually put in a system where he's like, I've after three goals, they they were going to stop collecting the money. Oh. Yeah, it's like, they were like I was like, good. <laughs> I gotta get gas to go home. <laughs> All the way out here in San Bernardino. No, nobody, nobody, <laughs> nobody going broke. Nobody going broke at the Dolphins game <laughs> over there in Bancroft. Let me tell you, let me tell you about my kids' last game. Dude. I, I tell you, <laughs> you know how coaches are. Okay, here's the thing. This is playing club, right? Yeah. And uh, we're you know, playing out Pomona, and apparently some parent got chippy, right? So the referee says, parents got to leave the stadium. That's the rule in the, in the thing, right? So you have to leave the property, right? So All of the parents are just... No, the parent. The, the parent. The, the parent okay, who's okay, got okay. back. So he walks over to the other team, and he tells the coach that that parent who's been being an ass has to leave the property. So the guy walks down, and you know what? This happens probably two or three times a season. Chain link most, fence, huh? Most parents, they walk, leave the property, and when the ref starts the game again, they go around the other side, they watch from a different angle, You're right, not right. back in the stands, right? Mm-hmm. This guy doesn't even leave the ramp. He goes halfway down, and he leaves the, off the bleachers instead of high school, off the bleachers, but down the ramp. But he's he hadn't made it to the parking lot, and he stops right there at the ramp. So the ref's just standing there. So then the coach goes off on the ref. And he says, well, what does he got to go to AMPM? He goes, he's got to leave the property. Now, this high school, like you said, all he had to do is leave the property. If the ref was really paying attention, the property line was like the end of the football field. All he had to do is go outside. He could watch it from the other side. He mm-hmm. watch his kid. So then the, the coach becomes a total ass and then says, yeah, well, if you're going to be like that, we're just going to forfeit. And I think he was just bluffing. Tweet. But, yeah, the ref, the, the moment he said forfeit, the ref went, please, please, please. It was still the first half. We hadn't even made it to halftime. You got to go home early. <laughs> didn't, have, didn't even have to pay any extra dollars. Nice. You, you, you just start recruiting dickhead you, people to just go be bad sportsmanship parents. You just screwed your kid, man. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, and you, every other you kid. All the kids on your team, right? And that team, that was their last game of the season. 
So I was like, what, a, what an idiot. Yeah. Come on, that was just stupid. Anyway, sorry, man. It's still sports related. It is. <laughs> no, and, you know, I have witnessed my fair share of poor sportsmanship by parents and guardians and occasionally the, uh, the odd grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's it's the season where I'm I'm refing flag football again right now, and it's really fun. Oh, you're a glutton. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> you know the kids will turn around and scream, and it's just like you don't know what you weren't even lined up on the right side of the ball on that play, and I let it go. Okay, you don't get to complain. What right position now. were you? Yeah, <laughs> you're telling me. What would you I say know. you do here? Yeah. Explain motion to me. <laughs> Youth sports just gets better and better, and by that I mean worse and worse all the time. And, you know, I, I remember a few parents when I was a kid who were maybe lacking in the sportsmanship continuum. Um, but I can I can think of maybe two where it was like, this person has to leave. Yeah. And I have dealt with at least four in the last couple of years, where oh, it's really? like you got to leave. Wow. Some when I was watching games, I, you know the school team was playing a couple of weeks ago in the playoffs, and a parent from the other team, the ref had to stop the game and tell him to leave. So he walked out of the gate and stood on the other side of the chain link fence. That's all you have to do. And I was like, "Yep, there he is. He's watching the game, but he's off. He's off the grounds. That's fine." And some who are like, "No, screw you." trying to call their homies in and stuff. It's like, dude. <laughs> dude I first heard you are that. supposed to be the adult here. You think, you think they would have it figured out, right? Yeah. Because they're supposed to lead by example. Yeah, but no. <laughs> See, I first started coaching uh, flag football when I was 18 years old, and I was dealing with parents. You know, I was coach, I, mean, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have a kid in the thing. Mm-hmm. A buddy of mine was the parks and rec guy at this park, and he goes, hey, can you two, you know, me and my buddy, can you guys – you guys would coach a flag football team, so, so our park has a team. Mm-hmm. And we go, yeah, sure, why not? It's, we just graduated from high school. We know we played football, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's fun. yeah, it sounds like fun. Oh my god, <laughs> dealing with the parents. <laughs> That's... Especially when you're 18. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nowadays, I talk to these parents, and I'm like, yeah, I don't really. <laughs> care if I offend you or not. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. But I, I I was an assistant coach for a Pop Warner team when I was eighteen and it was like this was just being the assistant coach, but I was the I was the guy that all of the people assumed they could manipulate because I was the young guy yeah, the for one. Exactly, yeah. And I was the one who was in charge of like all of our X's and O's too because you do it. Yeah. And oh yeah. I didn't even go to, like, the last two games. I was like, screw <laughs> this, man. I'm done. What am I doing here? <laughs> the head coach came by the week after the season ended, brought me, like, a little hat and a team picture signed by the kids. Like, hey, you missed the banquet. I was like, yep. <laughs> I, did, I did not enjoy I did not this. Yeah. I chose not to go. And, uh, I'm going to go ahead and not treasure this. <laughs> gift thank you so much though oh gosh 
But yeah, man, I don't know. Sports are supposed to be this thing that instills character and yeah, brings joy and all this, all this idealistic crap. It doesn't. The parents aren't involved half the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's not all the parents. It's that, it's that small. It's the unsilent minority. Yeah, exactly. And they ruin everything, man. But parents, we know you care about your kids. Show show it in a less dickheaded way. Because hey, everybody cares about their kids. Even the real dickheads care about their kids. Even Adrian Peterson cares about his kids. Not to say that he's a real dickhead, but he, he is. The views and opinions. Yeah, disclaimer in, insert disclaimer here, that's fine. Let's talk about uh, the Browns and the Bengals because, hey, nothing says bad sportsmanship like Ohio football. <laughs> and especially when both teams wear orange as their main color. The Bengals, who I thought would go in and handle the Browns at home, kind of got shellacked. They got and that, that set me off on the wrong foot again for the pick 'em for the week. This is a I don't pay money every week off. for this. How do you think Johnny Football felt? He goes, "Well, we're gonna get we're gonna get our asses whipped. I'll be in I'll be in in the third quarter." Johnny Football <laughs> felt like I'm gonna be finding a new place to live next year. Sweet, I'm not gonna be stuck in Cleveland because they don't need me because they really don't need him. They can deal Johnny Menzel at the end of this season for like. You know, at least three draft picks. Here's the thing. You know, everybody's, everybody's talking about, what is he going to play? He's doing what he should be doing. He should yeah. be carrying a clipboard for about two, three years. Yeah. And, then, and then go on and make play, play him good, some good Anybody ball. outside of Bristol, Connecticut, who's really chomping at the bit for him to play, is delusional. And anybody <laughs> inside Bristol, Connecticut, who's chomping at the bit for him to play, is delusional. <laughs> you probably still think that LeBron James cares... You know about you as much as you care about him. <laughs> Newsflash: He doesn't. <laughs> and the SEC just wants your money. <laughs> so Johnny, LeBroni, and the SEC collectively. Cleveland doesn't need any of you, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, the Browns, man, they're in first place in that division. Uh, first time, I think, since like. Like they're in sole possession of that division, past the halfway point for the first time in I don't know ten years at least. These guys have brown, brown paper bags that I think they don't get to wear anymore. You know, other though, I mean, other than that, these. All right, did you watch any of the Niners Saints game? Niners Saints game. It went no, to overtime. No, 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 no. Here's the thing: I, I watched some of it, and I thought. And then the Saints stormed back, stormed tied back. it, took the lead. The Niners kicked a field goal, tied it again. And then Jimmy Graham on the Hail Mary in the last play of regulation. Jimmy Graham's a giant, right? He's 6'5 or 6'6, six, six, 275 pounds. He's like Blake Griffin with a football helmet. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is. In every way. He's yellow. He's yeah. like a ginger kid, you know. And, and they throw up a Hail Mary to... I had the delayed reaction. <laughs> That's okay. They throw up a Hail Mary to Jimmy Graham, 
And, you know, some little, like, five-foot-eight corner for San Francisco is kind of guarding him, kind of not. Like, just, we're all playing, looking for the ball. And Jimmy Graham just goes, whoosh. <laughs> and he might not even, might, I might not even have pushed hard, but just him doing this was enough to send this little kid covering him, flying onto his side, down on the ground. Yeah, he catches the ball in the end zone, you know, doesn't ju- doesn't spike it over the goalpost because he's learned his lesson because, you know, the no fun league came into play. But it turns out that that's not the only thing that you can throw a flag on Jimmy Graham for. You can actually get offensive pass interference called against him too, which was obvious. I mean, blatantly obvious. And people just threw a fit. And, you know, the ref, the poor ref in the Superdome has to stand up there, turn his microphone on and say, Pass interference, offense number 80. And then here, the deafening roar of boos from all of these drunk-ass Saints fans. Oh, it, was t- it was TV gold. I mean, it really was. Mostly because of how clear the pass interference was. It was like, dude, nobody could really argue this. And and his, Jimmy Graham's defense in the in the interviews after the game was, I just pushed him with two fingers. It's like, well, your two fingers weigh about as much as the guy that you pushed. So even then, your defense doesn't hold much water. But, yeah, it was it was pretty comical. The Niners ended up winning in overtime. And I picked the Saints in my little pick Hey, that tells you how my season's going. There were two games that, that day that, on the NFL level, the guys came, teams came from way behind. The Saints and the From way behind. And Let's see here. Somebody else. Let's see here. You know, the Steelers almost came from way behind, but not really. Um, the Seahawks really blew up the Giants in the second half. Lynch looked like he was playing again. He hadn't yeah. looked that good this, year, this season. Uh, the Sunday night game was terrible. Who was it? The, the Packers game? over the Bears. It was 35 to oh, nothing yeah. in the first half. I changed the channel. I tell you, man. And the sun, the Monday night game was terrible too. It really so I was. I was watching, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Clay Matthews. Mm. God, he was a beast. Every time I turned around, he was like. The Lions had a nice fourth quarter comeback. Oh, the Chefs had a nice fourth quarter comeback too. They were down thirteen to three, came back and won seventeen to thirteen over the Bills. Who did the Lions play? The Dolphins. They scored ten in the fourth. Matt Stafford. Had a nice little drive he put together for the W. But, yeah, it'll be better once all the teams come back from the buys. Right now, there's not enough games on Sundays, man. They can't no. satisfy the itch. And, and uh, what's with the Dallas? Uh, what Winning the, when they're supposed to win? Yeah. It's kind of boring. Well, they were overseas, so. Yeah. Yeah, they were playing the London Jaguars. Yeah. Jaguars. Jaguars. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I'm tired of these London games. That's the last London game for the season. Uh, I bet. I bet next year they're going to have four games over there. And at that point, then that just gives them the justification to say we already inconvenienced eight teams last season to come to London. Let's just put a team over there and inconvenience eight teams to come there next season. <laughs> you know, that's that's their logic. I guarantee you, man. Roger Goodell's a sneaky ginger. <laughs> Like what Jimmy Graham thought he was being when he pushed off on that touchdown. Yeah. A sneaky ginger. Oh, oh man. Behind, man. I don't remember what game it was. There was two teams I watched come from behind. 
Eagles look good, though, man. Yeah, the Eagles steamrolled Carolina. Um, that was a bummer, man. I got home from work thinking, oh, I can watch the second half of the football game. Uh, it was 31-7 to when I turned on the TV. It was 45-14 to ten minutes later. I was like, oh, goodness. It's hard to watch those. It's hard to come in the middle of a blowout. And it's hard. It's kind of hard to stay with a blowout when you watch it in the beginning. First, first couple times you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you're like, oh my god, you guys are even doing a damn thing. I'm done with this game. <laughs> and the Monday night game, you know, the Panthers scored a couple more touchdowns, but it was like, are you really doing anything better, or do they just not care anymore? It was garbage time. Yeah, you start for seeing so you start long. seeing guys in the game as you go. He played for who? Yeah. <laughs> string (laughs) (laughs) or the guy who doesn't even have a college (laughs) yeah westchester high school i love when they say they're high schools uh you know aaron Rodgers on sunday said butte community college i was like hey that's cool you know because they're the only reason he ever got anything going anyway you know you could say that for your high school too so I give these guys a little bit of a little bit of credit for giving some props to the throw some, throw some love that way because high school does matter. Ad, we played it. All right, <laughs> matters. But you started in high school. I did. He said, "Guys, that didn't start." Oh yeah. John Clayton's the one that bugs me the most. That little skinny pencil neck dude with the glasses on ESPN. It's like, dude, you clearly, clearly never played this game. Even like. For a minute, <laughs> maybe the vibrating electric table game with the players that and spin that around and fall game. down. That was some fun shit. Though. Oh yeah, but if that's the extent of that's your football your experience, experience <laughs> yes. you probably shouldn't be commenting too much on it. There's a few of those guys. Uh, on the, uh, Charlie Weiss. Self. <laughs> he's another one. Granted, he's not a skinny little pencil neck. He's a great big fat person. Yeah, he's got a hitch in his giddy up. Yeah, he does. <coughs> but he coached at a Division One level, huh? Come he on. did. And he has a Super Bowl ring. For who? With the Patriots. Oh, he was an assistant? Yeah. He was the offensive coordinator. You know, he got... Uh, he got thrown out of uh, the Notre Dame, huh? Yeah, they canned him. They were paying him money for a few good years. Yeah. And then Kansas hired him. Yeah. And they canned him. And they're paying him money for a few years. He's making $7 million this year to not coach football. So here's the thing. Is, uh, is, as AD, it's a sweet deal, man. As AD, as AD mentioned, uh, Mark, How do you I, get that? I don't even think about those guys with, uh, their, with their contracts from the past teams and stuff because they're competitors, right? So obviously when you watch Sanchez play, he still wants to play. Well, he's not saying, hey, I made a shitload of money. I don't give a rat to ass. He wants to play. So, huh. to me... I don't give a fuck about his financials. No, I don't. I don't. And I don't feel sorry for him, nor would I if he had zero dollars. He's getting to play football. Yeah. Something and we he's all probably banged a lot of hot chicks. Something yeah. we all wanted to do at one time in our yeah. lives or not, man. It's like, yeah. if I Nowadays, paid, I look at it and I'm like, I don't think I want to do that. Well, I could have <laughs> got paid to play it when I was young enough and strong enough. That, you know, yeah. I would have loved it. 
And you know, there are still guys outside the SEC who are who are paying, playing, and not getting paid. Yeah. And college football, we got some fun ranked teams going at it this weekend. We got uh, probably the biggest playoff implication game. We got Mississippi State and Alabama, number one versus number five in the rankings. If Mississippi State wins, they pretty much, I mean, they're not a lock yet still. They got two more games uh, to play before the SEC championship. But if Alabama wins, this really throws a wrench in the whole shebang. Um, They're in the same division, so they would not get a rematch in the SEC championship game either way. Uh, This one could have some fun ripple effects in terms of the college football playoff, which I've lost all faith in right now, but who knows? They could restore it before... Before it's all said and done, uh, another game that has been fun many times in the past. Uh, this season, it seems like an outright mismatch on paper. Florida State, undefeated, defending national champion, number three now in the rankings. Uh, going, they're undefeated. They've been undefeated for what, like two years now? 26, 26 straight games, Three I think. Years or like that. Uh, they're going down to Miami to take on the U. Uh, they've got a decent kicker this year, but I would just be checking to see which way the wind is blowing because if it happens to be wide right, I wouldn't mind. Um, Florida State having lost several games to Miami on missed field goals over the years, uh, back in the Bobby Bowden days. Yeah. You know, I was reading a little bit about Randy Moss. I wanted to see 30 30, man. I haven't watched it yet, but... No, uh, I said to record, and I got some stupid football game, and so then ESPN, the regular ESPN bullshit. They, they, I don't know why they did that. They, they, they show it scheduled record. I mean, scheduled on the thing. I said it to record it. It says thirty for thirty as you're watching some fourth quarter, some football game, and then uh, Sports Center. It's like, oh, that blows. See, Sports Illustrated had a story from their archives up on their front page today. Um, with a big, it was like an interview, expose kind of piece on Randy Moss. Um, after the year before, like the, during the preseason, right before Marshall went up to one one A again, right. and he played his one, you know, his second year or whatever there with them, and. It was pretty pretty interesting stuff, man. I had forgotten quite what a fun past he had. He has a I colorful past. Checkered, yeah, <laughs> colorful. Um, I knew that he had been heaved out of both Notre Dame and Florida State, which yes. is pretty impressive. He did get thrown out of Notre Dame. Of Florida, not, not only Florida State, yeah. but getting kicked out of Guns N' Roses. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like, am I not doing enough heroin? What's the problem? <laughs> Have I not stolen enough <laughs> shoes? What do you want me to do? Um, but yeah, man, Randy Moss, uh, 15, 18 years, 18 years ago, was just a kid trying to get by and trying to make his way in the NFL. Just had to stick through college for a couple of years because that's what the rules said. Uh, that guy's a beast, man. He, he is. He still, I, he I, is. I still think like he, he probably could outball. 90% of the receivers in the NFL. And you know what? And he's a decent sports commentator, too. Yeah. He just, he he's never been afraid to say what he thinks. 
That's some of the stuff that this guy was saying at 20 years old. He was just like, yeah, I don't trust any of you guys. <laughs> Screw you all. Like, you're all just trying to use me. It's like, yeah. Didn't Kid Mar- knows what's Marshall, up. Marshall's the same team that had the like, plane crash. Plane crash right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, like, he got there like, what, two years after that? No, the plane crash was in like 1970. Oh, it was in the 70s? But... If you if you look into Marshall University and football there in this little town of Huntington, West Virginia, like it's never really recovered from that plane crash. I mean, it was a school the year before the plane crash. The MAC, the, the lowly MAC, the Mid American Conference, kicked Marshall out. They're like, you're you're you suck. You're, you're too bad at football to play in the MAC. They kicked him out. And and then the next year in 1970, this plane crashed. And I mean, there are people working for the university and in the athletic department and stuff today who are like orphans of that plane crash. Like wow. their parents died on that plane, and it's it's a crazy because it's never it was never a big destination university. I mean, it's not even the flagship. It's a private school in a back. Water state. <laughs> Disclaimer say, again. Say what you really feel. <laughs> you know, and it's always kind of just the been views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts you know? and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> hey, legal, man. legal, 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 fold in and said, "Hey, whatever, put a disclaimer." <laughs> but yeah, the the place. I mean, it it's it's always been kind of it's been like kind of a, a ghost hanging over the whole football program there and everything. The guy who took over as the head coach of the team for a while after I don't know there was a movie that I think Disney did a few yeah. years back. We are Marshall, and the guy that they portray in the movie. Um, who kind of you know guides them out of the woods for a little bit? He still can't go to a game there. Like he, really? yeah, he won't. He got talked into walking into the stadium just for a couple minutes before a game a few years back, and he's like, "Nope, I gotta go." Um, so it's, but that's you know that's what people all around this program still think of, you know, that that defined their their school, their football program and everything else. And Randy Moss came in. He's like, I've already been kicked out of two schools. I'm not investing in your traditions and your ghosts and all this other stuff. Like I already woke up the echoes and got thrown out. Now break my hair. Yeah. So he the, the guy the guy I mean he he could play center field and, and scale the wall, man. I mean, there's, there's, there's the guy, he gets up. He's got hops. I tell you, that's amazing. You get to throw the ball, you know, at the crossbar and <laughs> let Randy get up and get it. Man. Yep, he made Randall Cunningham look downright good at quarterbacking in the twilight years of his career. <laughs> that's probably what Rush said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was Donovan McNabb. Donovan McNabb. Rush was still just pissed that they didn't let him buy the Rams. <laughs> he was just lashing out at the NFL establishment. Oh, 
He's got to take all that Sherry's Berries money somewhere. You know he's not giving it to Snurdly. I don't listen to Rush anymore. He's not on my regular station. I would just turn the radio on in the morning in my car and he'd be on because I listen to the rest of the things on, the rest of the day, on, right? on 640, you know. It's funny because that's, that's when I first heard Lycus. It's when, the, the, when I had season tickets to the Raiders. So I would listen to the pregame on the way to the game, and I'd listen to the postgame on the way home. And then i get in the car on Monday, and it'd be on that station, you know, and then uh, the afternoon Lycus would pop on. I'm like, huh, <laughs> who's this guy? <laughs> You're not Tom Flores. <laughs> Two other games affecting the college football playoff landscape. We got Ohio State at Minnesota. Uh, Ohio State. They do. They do. They're set. Excuse me. They're seven and two on the year uh, with one good loss and one really bad loss. They lost the Gophers. They're the Golden Gophers. (laughs) Not just the Gophers, but the Golden ones. Um, Not much different from from the. you don't want to be a regular. Yeah, yeah. No. Every time I see Minnesota, you know, I can't help but think of Craig T. Nelson in his role as Hayden Fox on coach. <laughs> the Minnesota State Screaming Eagles. <laughs> it's a funny show. Man. It was a great show. Man. The football <laughs> stuff, a little off kilter sometimes. I like Who's the guy that played this like his. Uh... There were the two the two main coach uh, assistant coach characters. There was Luther, who was uh, Jerry Van Dyke. Right, not, not him. The other and then Dauber. Dauber, the, yeah. The quintessential Minnesotan, <laughs> the fucking Viking guy. Jerry Van Dyke spent his whole life going. Now that's my brother Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I loved you with no, no, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Golden Gophers. What, what other kind of gophers are there? I have no idea. There must be some other colors. Dirt, dirt colored. When I was growing up, when I was growing up around my house, they were dead gophers. Dead gophers. <laughs> yeah. There's the live ones. <laughs> yeah. There's a dead oh, one. man. And there's a soon to be dead. Soon to be dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember, I remember catching a gopher. I've never heard about golden one. There was a gopher running across the lawn when I was a kid, and I caught it in my baseball glove because I happened to be out on the front porch throwing a tennis ball at the steps. I was like, Mom, I caught a gopher. And she's like, oh, cool, let me see it. And she took my glove off my hand. And there happened to be an empty aquarium on the counter because, you know, that was was just how this household worked at the time, just random crap lying around. And she she puts the aquarium in the sink, turns the faucet on, throws the gopher in. I'm like... I thought that was going to be a terrarium or something. Yeah, I was like eight, nine years old. You just killed my pet. And I thought about it a couple years later. Like, yeah, he looked a little sickly. They don't really normally run around above ground much. <laughs> it was probably not right in the head. So, yeah, the Golden Gophers... Uh, Mom showed you about what the circle of life is all about. Yeah, hey, I gotta give her credit. I didn't think she had it in her. Because you know, we talked earlier about you know. Thanks for tuning in, Stacy. Those those conversations you have with your kids or your parents that you're really not looking forward to. My mom's version of that conversation was looking back at me 
in the back seat of the car while driving me to school in the morning, and we were listening to like you know, Dr. Dobson <laughs> on the way to school. You know, the focus on the family. Focus on the family, yeah. man. <laughs> they were talking about some teen pregnancy thing. My mom just looks back and says, "If you ever get in that situation, do the right thing." And I'm just like, "Fuck, I know what that means." <laughs> oh man. See, but that was the thing was that I knew what her version of the right thing was, and she didn't even want to say it, but she knew I knew it, and was like, thank God I never got into that one. Dodge that bullet. I guess I'm not out of the woods yet. At this, you're not a teenager anymore. Yeah, that's true. I'm 30. You were this age when we had this conversation, I think. Sorry, Mom. Still oh, love you. <laughs> but Ohio State beat the crap out of Michigan State on Saturday. I really didn't see that one coming. I thought Michigan State's defense would do a little more. Um, Auburn and Georgia both have two losses. Georgia's stud running back, who's been suspended for several weeks now for you know writing his name. Keeps going on. And we're, and I, like, he should have been back like three weeks ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this was kind of funny because, you know, Johnny Manziel got busted for signing his name, you know. I thought that was how you got extra points on the SATs was was writing your name correctly. Yeah, he sat the first half against Rice. Todd Gurley, maybe it's because of his last name, I don't know. Suspended for four games. But he did it over like a three-year period, too. Yeah, that's true. You know, he, he earned a little bit of... Earn a little bit of extra, Allegedly. I guess. Yeah. Allegedly, admittedly, I think. Because <laughs> the word from the Georgia Athletic Department was that he was very cooperative with the investigation, <laughs> which is a mistake. He, he needs a lawyer. Yeah. He needs an attorney, man. You need to say nothing. <laughs> nothing, man. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea where I was. I don't recall that. I'm confusticated. Yeah. yeah man. <laughs> you don't recall anything, dude. Um, but he is scheduled to come back this Saturday, just in time for them to take on number nine Auburn, fresh off of a loss, an inexplicable loss to Texas A&M, where Auburn had two chances inside the A&M twenty. In fact, one where it was like on the one in the fourth quarter. They had two fumbles in the last ten minutes of the game in the in the red zone. Did you see the Utah game? I saw the highlight. <laughs> so young, young man from Utah catches like a. It was, it, he was the offensive player. He had like a seventy-yard apparent touchdown oh, yeah, run. Player, yeah. And anyway, he torches everybody on the Oregon defense for a, a touchdown that should bring them within three. I think. Actually, no, they were winning at this point. They, they would have gone. They would have been they winning by been more. Two, 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 two scoring. Two scoring. And. He pulls a Deshaun Jackson and drops the ball on the one-yard line on his way into the end zone. Oregon picks it up and runs it 100 yards. Boom! Oh, my God. And, and the Oregon defensive players get into a straight-up Emilio Estevez, Gordon Bombay, flying V to protect his ass as he runs down the field. Oh, man. He ran, he ran yeah, 77 yards. Unconfirmed. Nobody, nobody around him. And as he runs into the end zone, he just drops the ball. 
and it, and it, it literally stops on the one yard line. <laughs> I mean, have, it would have been a fumble anyway. He might have killed himself. Yeah, he might have. <laughs> he's swinging for the Raptors. <laughs> no, dude, he's in Utah. He's still got hope of like seventy-two virgins on a planet all to himself or something like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> they only get the first level. They don't get the extras. They're down there with the Irish. On the bottom deck of the boat. <laughs> Forgot that that was how they were. Oh, yeah. It's okay, though. Until, like, the late 70s, they didn't even get to the first level, right? <laughs> it was 1978. That's, is that what it was? <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> Man, I... Okay, so... Long Beach State was playing... It was men's volleyball match. Long Beach State against BYU. And it was at the pyramid when I back when I was in school. And BYU had this really tall, really tall black kid playing for him who just dominated. They ended up winning it three games to two. And like in dramatic fashion in the last game. And I was making some crack about oh the black kid, good thing they changed the rules so he could go to BYU. <laughs> and this guy who was also in the fraternity who was raised in a Mormon house was like, Why is that funny? <laughs> he was like, I was raised Mormon. And I said, so you should know then that like pretty much until we were born, the black folks weren't really all that welcome. He's like, why is that funny? <laughs> and we were talking shit to this player the whole match. And he comes up to us. He like walks up to our side of the bleachers after the game. All seven foot four of them. Yeah. He, I mean, he was like six eleven. Like he was a giant ass dude. Right. And he's like, in broken English, he's like, I cannot understand you. He was from Brazil. Like, he didn't speak English. He didn't give a fuck. He, he got picked up, he got he, picked up on somebody's uh, yeah, he, didn't, he didn't care about Joseph Smith or the, or the BYU Cougars. He was like, I get to go to America? Yeah. There's still hot chicks there. But they don't put out because it's Utah. Tell them to go back to Brazil. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, other games with ranked teams on Saturday: Nebraska and Wisconsin. 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 Yeah, this one that I don't even want to watch it. Honestly, like, as a football fan, I want to watch it. As a Nebraska fan, I want to just duck my head in the sand. Nebraska's ranked 16th. They've lost one game. Wisconsin's ranked 20th. They've lost two games. But Nebraska plays big games against any big, big team on the road and they have just folded like origami swans and I don't I, I don't expect anything different this game Abdullah, Amir Abdullah their star running back uh, tweaked his knee two weeks ago against Purdue he's wearing a brace this week in practice their quarterback yeah, you know, if you gotta makes hurt, weird you gotta get hurt playing a game Purdue seriously in the first quarter going for it on fourth down when they sh- it was just the whole thing was stupid the quarterback dropped the shotgun snap and then Abdullah tried to dive on it and got rolled over on on some people. And it's like, this whole thing was stupid. He shouldn't have been on the field. He should have been kicking a field goal. Uh, but it's going to be like 20 degrees for this game. The whole Midwest, especially the Great Lakes oh, yeah. part, is just getting pounded with snow and God knows what else right now. Yeah. And they're saying there could be snow as far south as Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. So it's going to be a, a nasty Big Ten weather game. And I just, I'm 
not terrified. I just don't really want to watch it. <laughs> like, I will be drinking before this one starts, and it's a 12.30 Pacific time game. Let's get your work cut out for you. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Clemson and Georgia Tech in an ACC game. That really means nothing in the grand scheme of anything. Just a lot of really fast people who are going to drop the ball a lot <laughs> for both teams. Uh, here's one, though. Duke and Virginia Tech. Duke is 8-1. and one. They play basketball, right? They do. Yeah. Uh, Duke well on their way to a rematch. A rematch. That I'm not even kidding when I say this. Well on their way to a rematch with Florida State in the conference championship game. <laughs> Duke needs to win one more game, I believe, to be a lock for the ACC championship game against Florida State. And who ever would have thought that? West Virginia is... Uh, they're like no, you said Duke's, who's Duke playing? Duke's playing Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. What's the VT's? They're 4-5. and five. And yet, they're the only team to beat Ohio State this year. In the horseshoe, of all places... By two touchdowns, and it wasn't even close. I watched that one, and it was, yeah. a, it was a slaughter. <laughs> it was terrible. So what does that say more about the ACC or the Big Ten? I don't know. Moral of the story, the Big Ten sucks. I can't argue with you on that one, ESPN. I just will not anoint the SEC like you do. Um, Where's yeah. your buddy Hayes on that? <laughs> <laughs> Beyond that, man, it's, it's a whole bunch of... Random shenanigans this weekend. I don't know, man. I feel like there's some high school sports happening, but I, I don't have the don't have that energy or the care yeah, to talk about them. So I'm getting I'm getting them to hang loose. Another edition of T-Bones. Timeout. Here is John Mulvey, and this is called This and That. Back up this.
The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. going to do it for us tonight. Next week Black Belt Karate will be with us in studio. Any last words of wisdom? No. One more happy birthday to Peter. <laughs> We're not going to sing, man. But, uh... no, don't do that. <laughs> hey, Peter. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, bro. Happy birthday, bro. That's going to do it for us. Uh, we want to thank uh, Christopher Featheroff and Matt Godecker for, for checking in with us tonight, hanging out with us, and, uh, and telling us uh, thing, checking them out at LAFuzz.com. Anthony Davis for joining us, as well as uh, all the other stuff we get going on. Those of you who tuned in on TalkStream Live and all the different ways to listen to Sooth Probe, thank you so much. Dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die today. That's going to do it for us tonight. Good night, all. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.